Doing Quest episode 210. I'm your host and also Trash Apex Legends player, my caps, AK Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, struggling villager, isn't it for any family master? Uh, once again, unclear when Gaijin will be on because yeah. schedules are hard sometimes. Yes. Really more on us because we have been uh, keeping abreast of them, but oh well. Uh, the perils of having a host um, 12 hours away yeah oh, 12. also it's, if it was 12 hours 12 hour, away it would be sorry. much easier to work out <laughs> 12 hour time difference like I said if it was 12 hours away it would be much easier to work out like That's even if it was true. just a raw 12 hour time difference I think it's more like 17 yeah is it? jeez oh, see um, I can never figure it out because Japan does not do daylight savings time, so it always throws a monkey wrench in freaking everything. Yeah, so for my for my part, uh, Japan is currently 16 hours ahead of where I am. Okay. So closer to like 13 for you, but maybe sometimes 12 or 14, I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Wow, you really went mature with that code. It's a thing, don't ask. No, I figured it out. Yeah. You did not. I solved the mystery. No, it's not my thing. It's so that some people that I play with know the password ahead of time. I'm just saying, like, I know why they'd remember it. Okay, yes. But for, the, for those listening in audio, the, uh, the code was 6969, so... Yes. <laughs> commander maturity here. Uh, <laughs> please stop. Uh, so what are you been? How are you been playing, Wheels? Uh, you know things, stuff, etc. That's not illuminating in the slightest. No, I've been playing. Um, I started playing actually Damon X Machina. Oh yeah, that's why you asked me for mecha anime. Yes, uh, kind of random how I decided to play it. I've had it for a while because you know, it's basically. Uh, Armored core. core, yeah, uh, but never really got around to it. So, you know, obviously, if you've listened to this show, um, I have been playing lots of Apex Legends, so I was kind of in the mood for first-person shooters. So I'm like, okay, I want one on the Switch. What do you got? You know, looked around, and you got, like, you know, Metro, which I've tried before and was kind of bored. Metro, Crisis, that sort of thing. Yeah, Metro, kind of bored with... Crisis, eh. Uh, Bioshock, eh. Uh, this wasn't scratching that itch. Yes. Really wish there was Titanfall on Switch, and then then it's just I, you know, that made me realize, oh, why don't I just play some play a robot game and X Machina? It's not a first-person shooter at all, but it should scratch the same itch, which it kind of has been. So. Yeah, I started that up. It's been pretty funny. It's definitely like Armored Core plus more um, story, more anime stuff, which is fine by me. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it quite a lot. That's uh, cool. Yeah, obviously, like we just said, it is absolutely 100% an Armored Core game. It's made by a bunch of Armored Core people, former yeah. Armored Core uses a lot of the same mechanics. It's, yeah. yeah. 
armored core, so that's all good. Yeah, I still need to pick that up. I should look for a sale on that. Um... Yeah, and it's for anyone wondering, that game is also on Steam and features Oops. cross save. And I oh, think that's rad. It might even have cross. Uh, like an online plug? Yeah. I'm not sure on that one. I haven't checked, but it does have cross-save. Yeah, so... So I will probably, at some point, grab the Steam version as well. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's sweet, and I played through that, and uh, that should make me stop complaining about From Software not making any more Armored Core games, too. So. A rare but beloved segment of the cast. Yes. I guess it's been a while since I complained about that. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of From Software games to talk about in a while. So. No. Not even whatchamacallit. Orc Souls. Um, Elden that, Ring. Yeah, there was that leaked trailer of Elden Ring, and we haven't even seen that at all, have we? Yeah, it seems to have been like an internal like concept showing sort of what it looks like at this stage, but yeah. It, it, raises, it just like it raises the question: Was it intended to be shown at all? Is yeah. the quest? But yeah, it it looked like souls, but on horses. Uh, uh, so anything other than gaming? Uh, let me think. What else? Extra. Uh, I started up Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, I've heard that Mass Effect One has been markedly improved. Yeah, it seems uh, a little bit better. Loading times are certainly better. That's um, always nice. They seem to already have enhancements for the new consoles, so I'm playing on Series X. Uh, and so that's nice. The only weird thing so far is it's on two discs, and I got a nice steelbook from Best Buy that is not really designed for two discs. Well, I should say, you can technically fit both discs on there, stacking them on each other, but... But also, that's always gross. Yeah. But it's weird, because... Um, uh, whatchamacallit? Why am I, can I not think of... Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was also on two discs, and they had a steelbook for... Uh, Best Buy exclusive steelbook for that that had the two separate spots for two discs, so I'm I get the very sense confused. that EA did not communicate well enough to their retail partners what uh, the what that would end up looking like. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. So uh, I have a very nice steel book. I don't really want to use. <laughs> so, uh, although I think yeah. uh, I forget, but I think the Xbox case may not even have the two maybe just like the two discs stacked on each other so I guess I can put one disc in each I don't know. whatever so I assume it's an install and a play disc yes, yes. yeah uh, they're, uh... they're labeled disc one and two and I think there was something weird about it like the, the disc you'd expect logically to be one was two or something like that it's I weird, believe the way whatever. that it worked when they did FF7 Remake was that Disc 2 was the install disc and Disc 1 was the play disc. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think that might be what they've sort of standardized around. 
Because I think that's how Red Dead Redemption 2 was as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to imagine the file size having ballooned to that degree, and I blame 4K. Yeah, that certainly doesn't help. Uh, and, and, and accoutrement I will consider useless forevermore. Yeah. Uh, doesn't give me high hopes for, um, you know, the dreamed of Switch version of Mass Effect. It'll be fine if they're just, uh, if they just sort of use the original assets or something closer yeah. to them. Oh, hey, <laughs> Phil and company. Welcome. Welcome. RP Gamer folks. We're here. We all just playing Rise, yes. and we're recording a podcast. We are. Um, Thank you for joining us. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, obviously, yeah, I, I, we may make this a normal thing, because I really don't like uh, interrupting Phil when he's he's on a roll. And, you know, the beginning of our podcast recording are usually kind of boring, so... <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're beloved. Everyone loves to hear us yammer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah um, welcome. Welcome. Um, welcome all. Uh, anyone, anyone listening or listening slash watching live who has uh, played the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, uh, drop your thoughts in the chat. Curious uh, other people's experiences. How also, much time have you had to play it yet? That's fine. Not very much at all, really. Uh, uh, the story of wheels. Yeah. Well, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, technically speaking, I would definitely have had time, more time to play it, but I just—it's a lot to to start digging into that game, a lot of games. especially you know the first one, which is uh, a bit harder to get through. The story is obviously yeah, the story is obviously good, but the gameplay is and it's definitely not bad, but it has its issues it's got they've tried issues. to improve it from everything i've heard like apparently the mako doesn't control like butt anymore that's good uh and supposedly like weapon sway has been vastly reduced but i mean it's still it's, it's mass effect one they also from what i can tell from talking to people they removed the like mass effect one had a lot of incentives to replay that game in particular which didn't make a lot of sense to incorporate into this like trilogy collection where you would much more logically just jump from game to game. And apparently yeah. everything that was sort of locked behind New Game Plus has just been incorporated into the core game. Sounds good. Yeah, bit of a smoother ride. Uh, they apparently halved the level cap and uh, tried to make it transition a bit more into Mass Effect 2. Oh yeah, that that reminds me that uh, there's some option they give you at the beginning of the game to change, to turn off the new level cap and make it play more like the original, which I did not I select. Mean, it, yeah, it's good that they give that option. Because like, I always hate when like there's like, a huge balance change in one of these remasters and there's just no way to play it the original way. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing I am wondering is if they included... Uh, you remember, like, the digital comics they did for, like, Mass Effect 2? Two? 2 and 3? Yeah. I'm wondering if those are included here for anyone that's just, like... Yeah, I'm going to skip I'm just it. skipping one yeah. entirely. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in there, because it seems like the sort of... Like, the 
Fury Master, whatever else you want to say about it, seems to be relatively thorough about trying to include as much of the content. Like, they were, like, apologizing that they hadn't weren't able to include Pinnacle Station because the source code is lost. And, like, Pinnacle Station has been infamous for being just absolutely dreadful from the moment that it came out. Yeah. But... I don't know. I, I was almost tempted to just jump straight into Mass Effect 2, honestly, but... Um, I feel ME1 is worth revisiting, even if I feel like... Yeah. In fullest of hindsight, it's just sort of like KOTOR 1, but not as good. <laughs> yeah, and I played I played through uh, the original trilogy as Male Shepherd, so I feel like... Um, I want to do the whole thing as Femme Shep this time, and get all, all the differing dialogue, so uh, I'd be fun. missing a lot of that if I just skipped ahead to two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a full third of it. Um, hey, we got Budai in the chat. Oh, good to see you, Budai. He's uh, asking who's gonna, and also Pew. Hey, Pew. Hello. Um, he's asking He's gonna who's... replay that SMG3. Yes. Uh, I will eventually, but not immediately. Because, that suggests uh... I ever actually played all of the original, so I will this time. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it, because, like, I want to, you know, I want to replay it, but at the same time, like, I've got, like, three other replays in various stages of completion, so... One of which I'll be talking about shortly, but... Sweet. Oh, hey, Scar. Hey, Scar. Oh, and Doomerang, any interest in Scarlet Nexus? Seems to have a lot of RPG overlap. I mean... It's interesting enough. I don't know when that actually comes out. Uh, I'm interested. Do you remember what that is, Wheels? <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is. It looks like it's by the same team that did Code Vein, which is the same team that worked on God Eater. So I'm definitely interested. I haven't really looked at what it is much, but I, I plan sure on... It looks like it's in that same vein. So. Yeah, I plan on picking it up and seeing what it is. Cause I, I oh, I guess that comes out next month? Yep. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I am interested in seeing what it is because I've liked what that team has done so far. Yeah. Wikipedia giving a very not useful analysis of what the gameplay is an action role playing game played yeah. from a third person perspective. Thanks. Well, I, <laughs> though I wish the team had done some more with God Eater because it was a promising series that kind of just stuck to being a Monster Hunter clone and didn't evolve much beyond that, but it had interesting mechanics and really good music. <laughs> uh, but when when God Eater 3 was basically the same thing again, just more of it and slightly improved, it's just like, okay. I guess you're, I guess that's yeah. just what you're doing now. Yeah, and I think that by that time uh, Monster Hunter World was out, so it's, it, it looked very dated gameplay-wise. Can't believe they didn't call it God Reader. Yeah, I mean it's totally fine. It's just that it's, it's like the series you're aping has moved beyond this. Maybe you should too. Because <laughs> there isn't like a clamor for like Monster Hunter is left behind the old school at yeah. that point. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give Scarlet just a look. It looks interesting enough. 
if it turns out that it's just Monster Hunter, I'll just, you know, finally start playing Rise like I promised I would, but... You should. <laughs> I should. Yeah. But I've been distracted. Yeah. I plan on any making other... a brand new character when you start. Oh, yeah, baby. So, any, uh... Scrub our any way other... through together. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Any other, uh... Games you've been playing with? Ah, uh, I mean, I'm really playing a lot of Apex Legends. I feel but that's like, perennial. So. Yes, I feel like I'm making up for lost time. We've talked about this before, me being a stubborn idiot. Uh, like, you played it a few times and admitted to enjoying it, and then, like, reverted to reverted to the mean and just went right back to, like, I hate this. Yeah, well, I think, I think the problem partially was I enjoyed playing it w with people that weren't random. Yeah. That makes sense, yes. was kind of put off by the idea of playing with randoms. And, you know, playing on the Switch when it came out was like, oh, well, everyone kind of sucks. So, you know, this yeah. is fine. Got me over that. And then, you know, been playing with a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of people now that my sister introduced me to, so... I think that you have that DQ7 shaped hole in your life now. Is, is DQ7 the best DQ? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. You, and yes, Budai, yes, you're correct. I do have a DQ7 sized hole in my life now. It's like, well, I'm not playing anything right now. I can't just fire up DQ7 and play through a few story chapters. You could fire up Dragon Quest XI. I, yes, I know, I should. I should. <laughs> uh, I'm just stuck yeah. stuck at a point where I need to grinding, and I'm just not in the mood for doing that. So I'll get back oh, to you it. You will play another game of Apex. Um. <laughs> yes. Well, they came out with so for anyone unaware, and I guess I'm going to talk about this non-RPG a little more. They came out with a new game mode other than Battle Royale, which is Arena, which is if you've played anything in the vein of, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Counter-Strike, it's that sort of mode for Apex, and uh, i kind of enjoying the hell out of it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's probably the same thing like you know, when Hearthstone came out with their weird auto-battler mode. It's like, I, I don't want a game that's only this, but because it's familiar mechanics, I'm enjoying it because it's a different version, like using mechanics I already know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll be branching out from this and playing Counter Strike or anything like that. In case anyone's wondering, it's just like, oh, I like playing these characters, and now I can play them in this mode where I'm actually halfway decent and not total in utter garbage. Utter coward. Yeah, let me think uh, anything else I've been playing. I've actually been playing some Monster Hunter 4. Uh, I don't have any particular good reason why, just... Why the hell not? <laughs> sure, uh, why not? I guess Whatever. that's filling the the Dragon Quest 7 sized hole <laughs> on my 3DS. Could um, play Dragon Quest 8 as well. Could. Uh, but yeah, I guess I should be playing... Uh, I had intended to be playing Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, but 
Yeah, I guess I just need a little break from turn-based RPGs for a bit, which will probably be... Which will probably end next next week, obviously. So, so it's Nocturne HD? Or? Yeah. Ah, gotcha. I should pick that up, just because the physical edition will likely become rare eventually. Yeah, I am picking up both versions for that very reason. Lord. Okay, it's not going to send me back the full 60. Oh, it's a mere 50. Yeah. Oh, oh, I did start another RPG, that's right, which was a... I've been curious about this. It's on sale for $10. I will pick it up and play it now. And you will never what guess what it is. Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet. What if Dot .hack got kicked in the head? Yes. What if Dot .cat .hack got got kicked in the head and then decided to be a gun-based version of that thing. Someone didn't finish all of .hack uh, GU. What? There's guns? Yeah, yeah, there is, a, there is a point where you can use guns. I, I need to go turn on my PS5. <laughs> I did. You're not getting to that until you get to part 3. All right, all right. Well, that, well, yeah, exactly. I got some work to do then. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Amazon is only listing Switch digital codes for Nocturne HD. Check Best Buy. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that a bit. It's got a lot of talking, which I mostly, mostly skipped to, but the combat's pretty fun. And it was $10, so there you go. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, ten dollars is one of those like I can take the risk on. I can roll the dice on this. No, and that's kind of been my experience with the Sword Art Online games. It's like I could make a, my own character in this. It's got decent combat, and if I'm bored with people talking, I can just skip through it and get back to more of the combat. I can know that I'm not missing anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are they talking about? Nothing good. Yep. They're talking about some random anime nonsense that I don't know about, so whatever. They're talking, they're talking about the anime. Yes. The anime story is infamously not very good. Is it? Oh, well. Yeah, it's... How, uh, does, how does it have so many games? There's so many Sword Art Online games, it's this, not even funny. How does, how does the not very good anime have so many games? Let me tell you, buddy, that's a, that's a tale as old as time. Yeah, uh... Doomerang says, Fatal Bullet has a ton of DLC, though. I think you only get, like, 50% of the game at the base version. Uh, the Switch version has all of the DLC. Uh, it's it's like the, the complete edition. Ah, uh, it's finally complete. <laughs> yeah. So, I am all set there. It also has online play, which I would expect to find no one in, so... Yeah, yeah, that'd be weird. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. That is the raw, long, rambling explanation of what I've been playing. And I think you've been waiting to talk about a certain game. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what have I been playing? What have I been playing? Uh, I played some RE Village. Sweet. That's a pretty rad game. Highly recommended. Uh, I've been pacing myself through it because I don't want to eat it all at once. And I'm sadly near the end, but I guess I'll probably be playing through it several times. I'll play oh. a bunch of the mercenaries. So. 
I'm not too torn up. Uh, oh, no. shipping's even free. Lucky's for nothing in the ship in the shipping's free. Blah, blah. Sorry, uh, just looking at it. But yeah, village is real good. Uh, I have essentially no complaints thus far. Um, Are you playing on normal, hard? Normal. Nice. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm like a certain wheeled warrior. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. I watched somebody stream it and it was it was a lot of fun just to watch it. I can't wait to actually play it. How much of it did you watch? Probably too much. Like to what point is really the question? Uh let's see. Watched like mostly through the first castle and then uh, another day, watch the stream where spoiler spoiler things happened. Endgame spoilers, or yes. Wow, you really just went all in. Well, I didn't realize it was that. I didn't expect something like that to happen, so I will leave it. Yeah, at Yeah, I've heard something wild happens right near the end. Yeah. So. It was like oh, 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 that sort of thing. <laughs> But yeah, I really don't want to say anything else. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Fair enough. I have managed to avoid any spoilers on that. But... I think you'll enjoy it. I will yeah. say no more. I'm excited. Okay. I have per I have pre-ordered Nocturne HD. Who knows if they'll get me to buy Dante. I'm really... Yeah. I, I need it to be understood. I'm extremely stupid. You get it from Best Buy? I feel like yeah. I feel like I should be sponsored by Best Buy at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, people, don't buy your stuff on Amazon. Go to Best Buy. Go to the other big box retailer. <laughs> they have free curbside pickup if you have a store near you. I'm getting free shipping, which is good enough. Nice. Yeah, I've gotten some crazy free shipping with them, like just like oh order now and get it tomorrow for free <laughs> uh, and I think once it even said get it today uh, it didn't actually, That's always really it creepy. didn't actually come same day but it was just like what what the hell uh, it, it must it must be something where if it's like in a store near your location yeah. they just have somebody there ship it like parcel that shit yeah But I mean, whatever it is, it's pretty. It's pretty sweet. And they do get a lot of. Uh, so, it's not going to be a place like you know Amazon's Marketplace or eBay where you can find older games. You know. Yeah. At some point, they're just not going to have it anymore. But they do have a lot of niche stuff. Like they have, they have a deal with limited run games, so you can get a lot of. Uh, the bigger limited run titles there after, you know, their pre-orders are done. Yeah, like the excess ends up at Best Buy. Yeah. I don't I don't even think it's the excess. I think they just have they do deals on certain titles and send yeah. them a certain amount. Um, like, you know, they did like Turok and that Power Rangers fighting game, stuff like that. 
Go Power Rangers. Yeah, I encourage people to shop around all, all over the place on the internet. Don't just do Amazon, please. 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 Those things are easier. Please. Also, Gaijin is here. Thank you, Adam. Oh, sweet. See, nope. uh, Oops, not three. I mean, I wouldn't object to him being here, but no, it's he's not, not online. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, the thing that I've been hinting at having played was uh, good old Skies of Arcadia. Yay! The Legends Edition, which has been oh, I hear the telltale sign of someone having just joined the call. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Very good. You? Good. Yeah. We are on it's the ra- air. It's rainy season over here. <laughs> nice. Hooray. Right. Bless you. Bless you. Bless. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, it's rainy season almost three weeks early. Hooray. Right. <laughs> Hooray, question mark. Yeah. Hooray, Hooray. Uh, well, I'm gonna just jump right past that and talk about Skies of Arcadia so that I don't nice. have to think about that fun anymore. Oh, yeah. and um, good news, guys, okay. and you missed me blabbing about first-person shooters for like 15 minutes. Oh, I really, should have really I'm then. so sorry to have missed that. <laughs> really, honestly, I am. But yeah, uh, I'm replaying Skies of Arcadia Legends, and I'm going for the Vice the Legend title, which means doing a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Did you know that this video game has, like, 89 potential, like, quote-unquote discoveries, half of which are just invisible objects on the world map? Really? There, There's hints as to where they are, and, like, they're generally... Like, the game's, like, compass will start going berserk when you get near one, but it is one of those things where it's like, oh, if you want to... I do appreciate... So the discovery system's kind of fun, because it's like you're flying around, and, like, the entire game is about, like, exploring uncharted places. It's got a very Grandia 1 sort of vibe for anyone who hasn't played Skies of Arcadia, but for some reason has played Grandia 1. But, uh... Me. Okay, yes. Me. Yeah. (laughs) So it has a very... It has that vibe where it's just, like, exploring things is fun, isn't it? Uh, So, like, one of the ways that it reinforces that is discoveries, where it's, like you'll be finding things that's like, it's rumored that this exists, but no one has a precise location as to where it is. So you'll find them and you can sell that information to the like sailors guild that just like, uh, you know, charts it on the maps for people. But one of the funny things is that you run into early on, you run into a guy named Domingo who's just like, uh, declares himself your rival. And if you take too long to find certain discoveries, You'll find that when you turn them in later, he already sold them. He like he is credited with discovering them. Huh. Really? So Even you do you have, have like, yeah, like you do have a a competitor in terms of discoveries, and like it doesn't count. The game doesn't count it against you if you're not the first to discover things. Like the Vice the Legend title has all sorts of things that are missable. Like if uh, it requires you to get at least ninety percent of the treasure chests in the game, and a lot of treasure chests eventually disappear. Uh, but uh, just because the di- the dungeons they're in get locked off, but 
like the for the discoveries like you have to find all of them but you don't have to be the first to find them all so domingo cannot ruin your chance to get vice to legend at least that's but, actually very nice of the programmers for that one yeah I, I do think it gives it a bit more flavor that like oh there's someone else trying to find these two uh that's also kind of fun oh, okay okay yeah sorry but uh, you can you can also I think you can eventually get Domingo on your ship's crew, which stops him from finding things before you naturally. So uh, just just generally like a cute system. But like the entire game is just very charming. Uh, I'm about five hours in. We'll go with five hours. Uh, I've basically just got to the point where the game is like started me on the real uh main plot uh but yeah it's it's a very uh it has a lot of things that i find myself uh very fond of the like it's one of those games that's like what's good about it is all in how it's executed because it's like you know if i if i just described the nuts and bolts of the plot or characters it would be like yes like every other rpg i've played but then like <laughs> the actual execute or every other rpg i was playing in 1997 or 1996 <laughs> i should say before pre-ff7 rpgs uh but like the actual execution is so strong that it's like oh this is just really charming uh one of the things that uh like the entire I, i've been ranting about uh, Vice the Legend for a while. Uh, what that is is that in the game's status menu, the main character Vice has a uh, label on him that's just like his swashbuckler rating, which uh, goes up and down on a number of factors, mostly uh, how much of the game you finish, but also how you respond to dialogue options. So like uh, dialogue options, like, you can answer wrong, and, like, the game will give you the funny dialogue, but it'll, it might diminish your swashbuckler rating, because you're acting like a jackass. <laughs> so you'll get stuff like, uh, you, you have, like, a rating that the game, uh, a rating that goes up and down as you, uh, progress through the game, and it starts at Vice the Unimpressive. Uh, if you run from a lot of battles, you'll get Vice the Coward. Uh, supposedly there's a way to get a ranking as low as Vice the Ninny. I'm not sure how you'd manage that, but that does apparently exist. And then it goes up from there to, like, Vice the Competent, Vice the Determined, Vice the Respected. Uh, and, like, these just generally become cooler titles until you get all the way up to, like, Vice the Legend. Uh... But, yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, it's got a lot of like fun details like that that just make the game uh, feel like it has that extra special touch to it. Um, one thing I've been noticing while I've been playing the first few hours again is that it has very good, uh, like, uh, you know, for the time it has very fun, like perfectly standard Dreamcast era character models, but the actual animations on them is actually way more expressive than I associate with a lot of games at that time. Mm. Like, the game communicates a lot about characters just by how they sort of move around in certain situations. There's, like, a an early scene where, like, Vice is having to do grunt work on 
someone else's ship, and you see him... He's, like, having to lift these really heavy boxes, and you can see he's, like, lifting them in this way that's, like... You do... You, you would lift a box like this with your back if you really just needed to move it, even though you know it's going to hurt long-term for having done it. <laughs> like, that sort of movement is communicated well by the animation, which is not something I associate with that era of early 3D. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen that done very well with sprite work, even in the Super Nintendo period, but yeah, 3D, that's a bit, I mean, the early 3D was a bit hard for that. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a very charming uh, game. Uh, since Sega has still not seen completely fit to, uh, to re-release the game, I've been... Uh, taking my uh, legit copy and running it through Dolphin, which has been working pretty well, actually. That's a nice. very turnkey operation as far as emulation goes. But, uh, yeah, which is also nice because, like, the one thing that I feel like needs to exist if the game does ever see a remaster, which I feel like might one day happen, I hope one day happens, but the one thing that I feel like does need to happen is that it needs, like, uh, speed up on the level of something like Saga Frontier has mm -hmm. with that remaster. Because, like, it's a very... It's, it's a lovely game. It's very slow in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, just having, like, a speed-up key in an emulator just immediately ameliorates almost every major issue that the game could be considered to have. Mm -hmm. so, that's been that's been a real pleasure to uh, start playing again uh, so uh, highly recommended I hope to peer pressure wheels into playing it uh, sometime in the cor over the course of my playthrough uh, <laughs> it'll happen probably wheels has been saving skies of Arcadia for a rainy day for approximately 15 years uh, it hasn't rained at all man Except all those times it rained, but those don't count. There was, there was literally a period where I asked you what the weather was while I was yelling at you about this, and you said it was raining. <laughs> but yeah, so Sky, Skies of Arcadia, uh, if, you, if you've never played it, uh, please wholeheartedly recommend it. Also, I just want to bring up, the game has almost no voice acting. It has essentially like battle grunts, but very amusingly... The Dreamcast version had like a data tra uh, a audio track if you put it into a PC or a CD uh, especially if you put it into a CD player it would play this audio track uh, that is the most dialogue spoken dialogue that any of the characters ever get <laughs> <laughs> and the audio track is them shouting about how they can't they can't save the world from a CD player. <laughs> it's a very strange track, but it's really, really fun. That sounds so Japanese. Yeah, it's just like... I assume they I've, localized I've, it? Yeah, no, it's version? entirely in, it's in English. It's hilarious. But yeah, like, I believe the concluding line is Vice shouting, we can't, do our, we can't save the world from a CD player, put us back in the Dreamcast so we can do our jobs. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's very it, that's uh much like the rest of the game. It's very charming. Uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, expect me to rant about Skies of Arcadia repeatedly over the next uh, few months as I slowly uh, chip through that while making sure that I collect everything, do all of the bounty hunting missions, collect all of the moonfish, finish all of the new Legends content that involves, like, uh, special a series of uh, bonus boss fights with a character that exists to explain something that like I can fully understand why the original version doesn't explain because it's just a character design quirk of the main character. It's like, oh, to make him look cool, he has like a little scar on the side of his face, and it's like, okay, uh, they gave a backstory for that, and it's not a stupid backstory, but I can see why that was just something that they only thought to add in the uh, updated version. But yeah, like, you know, there's just, there's a lot of content in this game if you want to chase it all down, and that's what I'll be doing, nice. so. Um, this game involved the creator of Fantasy Star, right? Yes, Rieko Kodama was involved. Okay. Uh, let me check, what did she actually do on uh, uh, Skies Arcadia? I know she was involved in some fashion. Uh, these The characters have actually reappeared in a few places, uh, most notably Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, oh yeah, she was she was the director on Skies of Arcadia. Okay, nice. Did any of those characters show up in any of the Sonic racing games? Yes, in Transformed uh, Vice is in that game as well. Nice. As a playable uh, character? Yeah. Oh. That's pretty sweet. But yeah, one, one thing that I've uh, enjoyed noticing as I play the game is just that, like, Vice is uh, a surprising, is usually a surprisingly canny character. So, like, to, to give it an explanation, I suppose, uh... The, the swashbuckler rating I mentioned has like rewards you for like dialogue that is supposed to be sort of in character for Vice, and uh, like you, in general, it rewards you for acting heroic. But there are situations where like an idea is so obviously stupid that saying yes loses you swashbuckler points because <laughs> it's like oh we're like. Uh, there's this giant, like, Moby Dick-esque whale flying through the sky that we're, like, uh, that is in the way of what we need to get to. And it's like, uh, you're, you're given the option of, like, trying to fight it or retreating, and the game will, pun it, will like, tell you that was stupid if you say to actually try to fight it. <laughs> or there's, like, a bit where you're trying to rescue uh, some... Uh, characters who have been kidnapped by the evil empire and like you are given the option of like saying we need to go rescue them now and like if you say it it's like well obviously that's not going to work you don't know where they are now you know where they're going to be when they're about to be publicly executed that's when you can rescue them <laughs> and so like the game rewards you for saying no we'll hold off and like uh, scout out a way to get into the public execution to rescue them then and hey it works out so but yeah, it's it's a it's a real cute game. Uh, I've been having a lot of uh, a lot of fun uh, messing around with it, uh, and uh, heartily recommend it to anyone who's been maybe putting it off for fifteen years. Uh, Who could you be referring to? I don't know. Wheels, 
some other person who might listen to this for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, just remember, uh, for me, uh, Skies of Arcadia Legends will always stick out to me because, like, I wasn't, I wanted it from the second that I first saw Skies of Arcadia uh, getting previewed because it looked cool. But I couldn't, I, I could never find it on Dreamcast. Like, by the time I got my Dreamcast, the system was basically dead and I was just picking over the, uh, the corpses that were in, uh, like, EB games at the time. So I was like, ah, sweet, Grandia 2. That was easy to get hold of. And, uh, like, Sonic Adventure, uh, Crazy Taxi, that sort of thing. And then, like, everything else that was still there was shit like, who wants to beat up a millionaire? <laughs> Which, if anyone remembers that, I'm sorry. Uh, a millionaire? Yeah, it was a quote-unquote parody of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where you just punched existing millionaires, but with a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire background? How did that get um, okay? Released? I have no idea. That game, that game's incredible because if you look at like screenshots of it, it just sort of looks like a flash game from 2003. <laughs> but they sold it on a disc. It's incredible, absolutely dreadful. Don't play it. And, uh. and this is why Nintendo had the entire seal of quality thing going on. Yeah, Sega, I think at that point had stopped giving a shit. Um. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah. Uh... But yeah, I wasn't able to find Skies of Arcadia, which I believe was called, like, Eternal Arcadia in Japan. I don't know. They're both fine titles. But, uh... It, so then I was like... Then I found out that it was being ported to the PS2 and GameCube, and that PS2 version absolutely did not come out. Mm -hmm. uh, but the GameCube version did, so I was very excited for that. And then it took me a while to find a copy of that version. But the day that I found it was... I, I got... I it was I found a used copy for like twenty bucks and that was that was like hell yeah Christmas, but then I looked and also found a copy of Katamari Damashi which was released which had just been released at the time, and was also being sold at twenty bucks and guess what I spent forty dollars on. And Those that, games. Wow. And that might actually be the best forty dollars I've ever spent. Certainly sounds like it. Because I I love both of those games. Those are two of my favorite games ever, so... Putting both of those... Getting both of those on the same day, like, holy shit, that was incredible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Skies of Arcadia. I'll be yelling about it a lot, and just re... like, increasing my, like, anger and vitriol at wheels for not having played it yet, so... Uh, and this is, of course, a standing recommendation that if it is ever re-released on anything, that it gets full-throated support that everyone should play it. What game are we talking about again? I will fight you. <laughs> you will play. You will play Skies of Arcadia. Yes. I will. Yes. I will <laughs> it's not even hard to set up an emulation. But what Such if? A, what if? Instead, I played Seventh Dragon 2020. Why? Same director, right? right? I don't think Kodama actually directed 2020. No, I think she was only involved with the first one. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, don't play the first one. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, that was the flawed prototype. <laughs> I was going to say, I took the bullet for you on that one. Yeah. Okay, well... just I will keep referring you back to the review and about why you should not. 
I played at least 10 hours of the first one. Uh, you did that. But it's good to know that uh, there wasn't any point where it was going to magically get much better. So that's it's good to know. I'm still immensely amused that there is 7th Dragon, and then there are two 7th Dragon 2020 games, and then there's 7th Dragon 3. They really should have just called the third one, I'm saying, or 7th Dragon 2022. <laughs> And not 2020-2. Yeah, that would have been less confusing. Uh, incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's most of the Skies of Arcadia ranting that I have to do. Uh, not all of it, certainly. I'll probably burst out with like, oh, that was really cool as well. But, you know, uh, I should let Gaijin talk about what he's been playing. I mean, it's the same old, same old right now. I'm currently th- near the end of Red's scenario in Saga Frontier. Nice. Yeah. I decided to just keep going with it um, so I could have uh, have a better understanding of uh, Platinum 3's impression of the game. Or the yeah, feature. he seemed very confused by it. <laughs> and I can, I can see exactly why. Yeah. Um, just because it's... It's the most linear of them all at the very, at the first half, and the second half when it opens up, it doesn't tell you that things are opened up. Yeah, it's and just it like you just have you, to. And it does give you quest prompts to keep going, and no hint that you really should not keep going right now. If you just keep going, you're going to be kind of boned. Yes, which explains the. I mean, I actually cut out a couple instances of party wipe in his impression. Just because you start to get competitive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop Black X. You gotta get Real Phoenix. <laughs> Working on sure. the Real Phoenix part, but yeah, that's that's a bit more random. But oh, that and I've been trying not to use Al Kaiser that much. Yeah, yeah. As, as it turns out, the, you generally want to keep your Alkaiser to a minimum. Uh, another thing that the game could probably do better to communicate to new players is like, oh, yeah, uh, in normal fights, you'd be getting, uh, you'd be getting messages that you have uh, gained stats. Uh, the fact that you're not getting them should tell you why you need to be careful with this mode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I assume that's going smooth. Yep. So, sorry, I'm just thinking about Sky. Plus the uh, the new game plus stuff really does help. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a that's a huge change for that game. Though it it's also a good thing that the one item on new game plus that you have to toggle on manually is the enemy difficulty or the yeah because um, I, I did toggle that one on for t260g and i kind of regretted it afterwards because i couldn't keep any of my squishy human characters alive <laughs> pathetic humans except of course for loot because loot was an absolute beast at that point oh yeah because you did the loot quest first that makes sense <laughs> yeah but i couldn't get amelia so oh. that was my second major character 
have to change. I, I do love how, uh, how how arbitrary it often is about whether someone can join you or not. They just like, yeah, nope, not feeling it. <laughs> I mean, for Amelia, you just need to be able to do the the cards quest. Except yeah. the robot won't do that one. Yeah, I tried I to. Guess, okay. I guess maybe you could, but I don't know. Can you? I've never tried it. I tried to pulling. Uh, T260 into my Acellus playthrough, and that was a non-starter. But I was able to pull, like, what's his name? I think it's, like, Gen or something, who's just, like, the squishy human that accompanies T260. Like, they're just... They were literally standing next to each other in the fucking scrap bar. And yeah. Yeah, Red just... can't get T260G either, but he can get Gen as long as you start up the Arcane Quest. Yeah, I think most people can get Gen. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like... It was it was very weird, because Gen, Gen was with T260, with the obvious implication that they're doing T260's quest, but then I just talked to Gen, and he's like, sure, I'll join you. And T260 wouldn't, so it's just like, oh, okay. Sorry, T260, I stole your friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I just remember playing Ricky's Quest many years ago, and one of the things I remember was getting going, hey, puppy! And then a drunk joined your party? With the <laughs> exclamation point and question mark. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's. That's what we've been playing, probably, presumably. As far as we're willing to watch. Yes. We missed a comment in the chat. And that I'm also Rang trying to figure out how long it's going to take to get Dream Super Combo for Red. <laughs> because he's he's still missing two of the techniques for it. Rouge uh, has it. <laughs> I have it on Rouge. Unfortunately, while Rouge gets a buttload of magic off of New Game Plus, he does not get the advanced time or space magics. Oh, that's a shame. Oh. That's not surprising, but it's a shame. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's the thing. Um, I mean, I, I did the thing where I just bought all the stuff from the Life Store in Pasantodo yeah. uh, with Blue and le- leaving him with one LP. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then losing the big fight against Rouge on purpose because then, hey, you get Rouge back or you get him as Rouge with full LP. Yeah. And some really awesome items. And so Rouge literally had every single magic spell in the game, except for mind magic and evil magic. <laughs> um, and actually, he had the first three mind magic spells anyway. They just can't get the gift for that one. Um, so, on the New Game Plus, he still has every single magic spell in the game, except specifically the advanced time and space magics and the life magics. Uh, I mean, life magic can make sense because that's the special one that he gets just by yeah. merging back with blue. But, I mean, it would make more sense if he didn't get the gift of the advanced magics for time and space if he did not also get the advanced magics for rune, arcane, mystic, and realm. I'm not even sure how he got the ones for mystic. 
Let's not consider it too hard. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's got literally all the magic except for the one that would make Dream Super Combo really, really overpowered. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, let's just use Shadow Servant and seven Dream Super Combos in a row. You know, <laughs> just doing normal things. Yeah, there's only like 14 of them altogether. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, let's guess how I'm going to beat the boss of that scenario the next time I go around. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is something that, like, I wouldn't bring it up except that it has a lot of, like, artistic influence on a number of games, but the author of the manga, Berserk, seems to have died. Oh. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, Kantaro Miura seems to have passed away at 54 of an aortic dissection. Yeah. yeah. I saw it on Reddit, and then I also saw it on Dengeki. Yeah, I had to, like, check with some Japanese sources to, like, be sure that uh, this wasn't just some rumor spreading around, because, like, Berserk was always infamous, among, especially among the English fandom, for uh, uh, Berserk hasn't published a chapter in months. Miura must have died, and it's like, no, no. But this time it seems to have been real. I found like a statement put out by like the Young Animal, uh, which was the place where Berserk was serialized. I found a statement on like the from the Young Animal editorial that seemed to corroborate it. I mean, it it is on the front page of Dengeki Online's website. Yeah, so I would imagine it, like when the when the news first broke, it, there was basically no English speaking sources, so I was having to sort of fly blind on where to find corroboration. But, yeah. And they tweeted it, Berserk Project. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But, yeah, so, uh, for anyone uh, unfamiliar, very long-running popular manga in Japan that has had a very outsized uh, visual influence, especially on, uh, on any sort of dark fantasy uh, RPG, especially the Dark Souls series, has a number of nods to Berserk. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, thought it was worth bringing up. R.I.P. Kintaro Yoda. Uh, yeah, just wanted to bring that up since it seemed relevant. Um, yeah. Let's so, let's see, do we actually have questions today? We've got, uh, you, we got one in the Discord. One in the podcast section, I think, yeah. yeah. From Crawl, I believe. Um, more actually. Let's see, Mariam did a bunch of. Uh, okay, Mariam posted a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, the Crawl one was pretty long. When oh, we, that's, that's we, what he was trying. When do we save that for a bit? Okay, here we go. Um, the Crawl question or a different one? Uh, save the crawl one, because I have to run to the bathroom. Oh, okay. And I don't want to miss that one, because it's a good one. Okay. Okay. Anyone check the episode I just posted today? Nothing on there yet. Yeah, I was, I was just check. 
Alright, I will be back I'll check momentarily. One from the prior episode that we haven't done yet. Start vetting some of these titles for wheels. I just realized that two episodes apart used Frontier of Saga, Sagas and Saga of Frontiers. <laughs> saga of naming things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't let him hear that, or that's what this will be called. Uh, so, uh, to kill time, mm -hmm. uh, between the three Saga remasters announced but not yet released, what is the one that you are most interested in going back to? Which ones have been announced then? Uh, Frontier 2, Unlimited, and some form of Romancing 1. Oof. Hmm. Probably, I mean, assuming rom the Romancing Saga one's going to be Minstrel Song, probably that one. Yeah, for me it's very heavily dependent on which version of Romancing one it is. Yeah, I mean, there is absolutely no reason why they would go back to the Super Famicom version now. They're going to uh, update the Wonderswan version, it's the time. <laughs> no, I mean, if they were, I mean, if they were going to go back like that, they would have done it with with Romancing Saga 2 and 3 and just in the Wonderswan version then. Yeah. But, I mean, they're announcing it after the Saga Frontier remaster. Which really does heavily imply that it is Minstrel Song, which is for the best. Yes. <laughs> Can't um, wait to see entire cities destroyed by the Jewel Beasts. Yeah. Um, I mean... And assuming that a limited saga is not going to be fully remade into something playable, <laughs> I doubt I'm going to be trying to, that one again anytime soon. Unless somebody gives me a review code, and I'll just go, yeah, sure, let's see if it makes any more sense in English. Let's see if, like, whatever minor upgrades they've made will make it more playable. <laughs> I am not going to hold my breath on that. I mean, at least it will be very pretty. So. And then, I mean, Saga Frontier 2 just, I mean, it was an awesome game, but I played it a lot 20 years ago. 21 years ago. Wow, how time flies. And I still remember lots of it. So. Actually, I remember lots of everything I played. It's just really weird. I mean, the few times I was on Backtrack, it was very often for a game I hadn't played in five to ten years, and I could still discuss it huh. in depth. I was like, yeah, my brain. What are you going to do? So, um... Hmm. We were filling time, Wheels. <laughs> That's fine. Do we have any other questions? 
Uh, none that aren't from the fire miner list, which I wasn't going to pull up until we had uh, exhausted the discord list, because that's tradition at this stage. <laughs> Alright, let's do the crawl question then. That's okay. a big one. Uh, another Q&A question. What is your favorite RPG series spawned in each console generation from 3rd onwards? E.g. Dragon Quest series for 3rd, Lufia series for 4th, etc. And let's separate consoles and handhelds and repeat the question for handheld generations. So let's start with the consoles and we'll move to the handhelds. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and this also spawned a discussion over whether or not anything in the first or second generation of gaming would count. Yeah. No. I mean, which I I'm going that. to say. I'll be right back. Which I'm, to, um, which I'm going to say, Mario Brothers. Because <laughs> Mario Brothers was a second gen game, and technically, right it's got RPGs based on it. That's getting that's getting real stringent. Now, but it's it's spawned. Okay. Yeah, that's and true. I mean, I mean, you go far enough back, and sure, you. I mean, none of the. Mario RPGs would have existed without Mario Brothers, and Mario Brothers was a second-generation game. That's true. And this is the only one I could possibly think of that would count. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Unless it depends on how you count some of the uh, the computer-based games, like um, Wasteland or Bard's Tale. I mean, I'd, I'd probably have counted, like, at least a Calabeth. Yeah. Which is... Which was like retroactively deemed as Ultima Zero. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of those ones where it's like that's important. I don't super like playing it, but it's important. I mean, most games that of that age are important beyond their ability be, to be playable. Yeah. I'm curious when Wizardry Proving Ground of the Mad Overlord actually came out because that's a really really important foundationally important 1981 foundationally important to the japanese rpg as wizardry yeah so 1981 so would that be first or second gen uh i'd go with second gen i like would, these, these numbers have always been very strange to me but yeah yeah i mean it especially I mean, it once you get back to that era yeah, it, it doesn't really start getting concrete until the massive video game collapse and the Nintendo Entertainment System, which is very obviously a console generation. Yeah. Like, and everything I, before that is the before times. Yeah. Although, hilariously, Atari kept going with the uh, 2600 until, like, 1989, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think second gen is what would be considered is what Wizardry 1 would be considered. In which case, Wizardry 1 definitely wins for being an actual RPG and also being literally like the DNA of Japanese RPGs. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we just want to be thorough. I don't think there's anything that meaningfully counts as an RPG that would be first that would be considered first generation because like then you get into like I think a Calabeth is 1979 which would still be post 2600 yeah so. okay uh, you sound like you're uh, having night wheels yeah, uh, it's, it's fine it's all fine uh we were just discussing the uh like primordial ease of things like wizardry uh, yeah we, we, yeah we awarded that for second generation Atari 2600 era. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you talk about Ultima? And I mean, did we talk about what? Ultima. Ultima. Oh, Ultima. I, I brought up Acalabeth as another important one, which is Ultima Zero. Yeah. And of course, Rogue. Yeah. yeah. Like, all these end up being things that would be miserable to actually play, but must be acknowledged as, like, important (laughs) to the uh, ongoing evolution of RPGs as a concept. Yeah. And in several cases, creating their own genres. Yeah. And some of those genres never really got better names, which is why we still call things roguelikes. Yes. And wizardry clones. Roguelikes. Roguelikes and Roguelites, which is a very weird name. I still don't dislike the phrase as much as Soulsborn. Yeah, I, I hate that one. That's an extremely bad name. Um, I don't know Metroid why. Mania. I don't know why I, you need I the born part in there anyway. Way Can't you just yeah, call it a Soulslike? I, I don't understand. Some why, people do do that. But why? Yeah. Why born needs to be in there at all? Makes because no they sense. like Bloodborne better than Dark Souls. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't I mean, matter to you, but they want to stick it to everybody else who thinks Dark Souls is better than Bloodborne. I mean, I like Sheeran more than the original Rogue, but I still call them Rogue likes. Well, you should start calling them Torneco likes. See how that suits people. Tourniquets. Oh God. Oh, please, <laughs> please no. Well, we're well. Life is ruined. Um. Oh, come on. We haven't even started. We can ruin it better. I mean, you're not wrong. Not yet begun to make very bad puns. Um, but this yeah. is what happens when you hang out on a podcast with two dads. It's true. Yeah. Dad joke central. I mean, Wales is the one that's complaining. I knew what I got signed up for. <laughs> That food looks good. Um, Now we're both entranced by Monster Hunter food. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Fluffy Bunny Dongo, they're a tasty treat. Um, Uh, Pew in chat seems to be requesting more dad jokes. We will endeavor to fulfill this wish. In any case, um, <laughs> moving on to third gen, it feels wrong to give this to anything but Dragon Quest. Yeah, just by just by dint of importance. Yeah, but can we uh, give it to anything but could, Dragon Quest? No, I'm just kidding. No. I mean, at least for Famicom, it's a choice of either Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy, and Dragon Quest came first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we if we wanted to separate out the question between like influential and highest quality, we would probably end up like into the question of, well, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about Fantasy Star or Dragon Quest Three? Uh, I have n- not much love for the original Fantasy Star. Mm-hmm. Harsh but fair. Um, I mean, it was playable, and I liked it more than Fantasy Star Three. <laughs> it's not not a high bar. Controversial takes. Uh, not a high bar. 
Yeah. Uh, or like we could, or I could just start making Miracle Warriors jokes. If anyone remembers that video game. No, actually, but okay. It's an extreme. It's the other Master System RPG. It's extremely, extremely bad. <laughs> it's based on. It's it's a weird. It's a weird port slash update of a PC eighty eight game to give it some context. That's never a good thing to start with. <laughs> uh, if we wanted to talk like other really important uh, ones from that era, we might also bring up like Sorcerian. Yeah. Which um, I think Sorcerian actually has a an updated version available on Switch now. That wouldn't surprise me. Five hundred yen, in fact. I, that was one of the things I was considering getting with uh, whenever I get up enough spare change on my account from other purchases. Yeah, sadly not in English, but Sorcerian, very important game. Uh, I'd also want to throw in like an honorable mention of like something that has an outsized degree of influence, given how forgotten it is in the West. But Tower of Draga. Oh, yeah, yeah was, that was that around that early? Yeah, I, that was yeah, 1984, dude. Okay. It was a really early one, yeah. Well, I'm only like thinking that, of the PS2 the, game. Yeah, oh, you're thinking yeah. of the PS2 game yeah. that everyone was amazed and shocked actually happened because everyone was like, what game are you making a sequel to at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it made more sense in Japan, but yeah. Tower Fair of Draga, made uh, more sense in Japan. More sense. Not a lot of sense, but more. Uh Budai request no saga uh, request tonight. That's probably going to end up happening when yeah. we get to Game Boy, but yes. uh, I was going to say, uh, and I feel like we're going to have to split Game Boy into two parts because it overlaps several, but um, early and late because yeah, early I mean, and late going, going into the Game Boy Color generation, I mean that really is a generation shift. Yeah, yeah. Also, Pocket Monsters happens around then. Um, yeah. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Tower of Draga, I do want to do a shout-out to, because it's very, like, instructive of why a lot of early games in the sort of Zelda-style action RPG, as we would think of it now, behave the way that they do. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's a very arcane, strange sort of... Uh, RPG that, like, it was quote-unquote RPG. Like, it has RPG elements. It's a, it was an arcade game uh, uh, that was like a, like, you're going down a dungeon, there's treasures on each floor, those treasures can enhance your abilities, you definitely want to be dragging treasures from floor to floor. There are certain things that I think might not actually be finishable if you don't get all the treasures. But, yeah, it's, it's a very... Uh, it was a game that uh, I believe Game Freak early in its period may have had some like uh, back when Game Freak was like a doujin group that put out like arcade game guides might have had some Tower of Draga stuff but in general it was like something that was like uh, people in game centers in Japan were uh, helping each other work out how the hell this game was supposed to be finished but uh, the spawn of the direct progeny of Tower of Draga is things like Hydlide that then tra uh, and Sorcerian that Zelda traces its lineage from. Hmm. So that's. I didn't even honestly. I didn't even realize Sorcerian was pre-Zelda. Uh, it is not. I don't oh, think. Okay. 
But yeah, uh, those there's let me double check because like it ends up becoming like a question of well, which version of Sorcerian are we looking at, and which Zelda? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, uh, original Dragon Slayer is what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of like the very okay. earliest thing that. Uh, yeah, the original Dragon Slayer does predate Zelda. It's 1984. But, yeah. Uh, those sorts of games, huge, very important to the development of RPGs. Not at all fun to play anymore. Uh, Draga, the most palatable version of Draga you can get is actually one of the Namco collections on Switch actually has, like, a function where it will give you the instructions on how to get the treasure on each floor. Huh. And it's still it's still a slog of a game, but it is fascinating to play at least once. Um, which is how I spent a few nights about like a year and a half ago. Uh, but yeah, drug is a pain, but it's interesting. So, and it's very very important. So I wanted to shut it out. Uh, but if we were just talking. If, if we were talking the most raw influence, I would say Dragon Quest. And if we were talking like the game I would most easily recommend people go back to from the Famicom era, it would probably be Dragon Quest Three. That's a good call. I don't think any of Final Fantasy 1 through 3 are easy to go back to, personally. No, I would not play 3 other than the remake, for sure. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna get in the fight. Uh, I've met people that are very strident about only play the original three, but honestly, I honestly wouldn't. It's, it's for me, it's hard to recommend either version of Final Fantasy three. Um, I, I have not actually played the DS version of Final Fantasy three, but I would still probably recommend it over the Famicom version. It's a very dated feeling game. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh... Which I suppose brings us to Super Nintendo, Mega Drive, Genesis, and I guess Turbo Graphics generation. Do we Probably do Game going Boy saying, before we do that, though? Uh, the they're kind of contemporaneous. I mean, okay. Mega Drive and uh, PC Engine both launched before the Game Boy. But, I mean, we're probably going to end up listing like the most important thing on each console anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, for Game Boy, it's really difficult just because it has so many literally seminal works yeah. in like yeah. in like three different blocks of programming <laughs> for, if we're gonna do like the like early like pre years. like 95 i guess i would start uh categorize like early game boy i mean yeah you've got the the three saga games which are like three first... sagas you got ff adventure <laughs> yeah and um, and Pokemon, and uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon's 96, so that goes in the latter okay. half. But... but yeah, it's like um, the the original saga was just, it was made be when they didn't think they could even put an RPG on the thing because it yeah. didn't have the memory capacity. Yeah, like whether you like saga or not, I do think that it's, that Le FF Legend 1 is really important it's kind of the first RPG on Game Boy it's like 1989, it's a really early game I think it's it aged it, it, better I, than Final Fantasy 1 it did, but <laughs> it was also here. designed with the limitations in mind which is a very important thing to consider Yeah, and also very rare for the early Game Boy <laughs> yeah I but. mean if I remember right they were like, okay, how can we fit anything on this and their first thought was, you know what let's just not do the story yeah, 
Well, which is a smart lot. call, considering that was one of the major issues with Final Fantasy Legend 3, was that they did try to do a story and still didn't have enough room for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also and slowed down the like, combat by ten times. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, um, how long do we want this game to be? And the next question was, well, how long is a flight from Tokyo to Honolulu? Something Sakaguchi would have thought about a lot, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the actual reason for why Legend Legend One is the um, length it is. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was meant to be played on one on a one way trip to uh, from Japan to America. Yeah, Which, you know, it's like it puts it as I think like tenish hours. Yep, ten to thirteen was what they were aiming for, and that's basically what they got. It's a very carefully designed video game. Yep. And then Legend 2 took everything that they learned from making Legend 1 and did it better. Yeah. And then Legend 3 is an entirely different beast, which we will not discuss because it sends wheels, sends wheels into connections. Um, oh, there's a question for you in particular right here, yes. right now, Wheels. Um, hello, the Taco Time Bomb. Um, an incredible name. This <laughs> is literally the first hunt I have done in Monster Hunter Rise with these Switch Axe. So, I'm afraid I cannot answer your question. <laughs> but thank you for Wheels stopping Wheels is a by. charlatan. Yes. No, charlatan would be claiming knowledge anyway. Oh, yes. True, true. No, I honestly would probably be looking for the same answer yourself. Uh, yeah, I am just just now messing around with Switch X. Uh, check back in three weeks. Um... Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so for early Game Boy, I personally would go for uh, Saga. T Saga Two is best of the early Game Boy RPGs. I'm not a huge fan of FF Adventure. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy Adventure was interesting in its own right. Um, it, it it did have some things I wish I had done better or differently. Yeah. Um, like adding, making um, a lot of the spells more useful for puzzle solving and things. Also, hi Tam. Yeah, it's like I I did a, I think it was last year, last January of last year, I did an article on links on on uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Mm -hmm. And it's like one, oh actually it was last January because Wheel sent me the collection of mana. That yeah. And. Is like one one of my favorite parts of that game is how you could use the ice spell to d solve certain puzzles, mm. and I really wish that they had done more of that kind of thing with all of the spells available and given you a reason to have those spell items, mm -hmm. because otherwise the spell items are pretty much pointless. <laughs> um. So, uh, but other than that. For the early Game Boy, Link's Awakening is the only other one I would really mention. Yeah, I personally can't get on with it because I've, I've ranted about this on the podcast several times. Yeah. But I got every everything that could go wrong with the game went wrong with Link's Awakening for me. Aww. I love that game. Yeah, and I love I the remake of that game. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I mean, at least one thing we could probably agree on is that. The Zelda series has a before Link's Awakening period and an everything after it period. Because yeah. 
I mean, I mean, going onward from Link's Awakening, you see characters that originated in that game. You see styles of puzzle solving that originated in that game. You see styles of storytelling originating in that game, which did not appear in the first three games of the series. I'd say you see, like, prototypes of them in Link to the Past, but Link's Awakening is definitely, like, the mold that they would continue on. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, Link's Awakening originated as an attempt to port Link to the Past to the Game Boy just for fun. But it's definitely the better game of the two. In many ways. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say is the one interesting thing about a Final Fantasy Adventure is how often it's been remade. <laughs> It's weird. I've From played four, re- three I've or played four, four versions now? of this game. Yeah. We've also got Sword of Mana. Then there's like that cell phone version that only happened in Japan that's distinct. Hey, oh, there's I another version that I didn't know about? The cell phone version. <laughs> I reviewed the cell phone version. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say four, I also mean the collection of Mana, which is technically the first one anyway. So. Yeah. But so it's, I've it's... played three different versions of this game on four different consoles. Yeah. And then there's Adventurers of Mana, which I have not played either. It's a better 3D remake than the Secret of Mana remake. But also like that, it closely sticks to the original gameplay. So, it's very slavishly devoted. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> and, and yet it's somehow much better than Sword of Mana, which is a very... Bizarre I game. I mean, Sword of Mana is cool. It was just, it was a brownie brown game. Yeah. <laughs> it means it's very pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it has all sorts of really interesting ideas, and you can see a lot of stuff that came out of Legend of Mana and would go into other games in, later on. Mm. So, yeah, I had forgotten that they had the Adventures of Mana remake. Yeah, it was kind of there and there and gone. It felt like we barely got it in English. It felt like because it was like, oh, what's it on Vita? <laughs> it's also on iOS. Yeah, but we we are not the audience that tends to notice that. True. So, um, yeah. was it download only on Vita? Probably. Because <laughs> I really need to just shop out the Vita store for some good items before... Um, I, never mind, they're not actually canc- canceling the store anymore, are they? Uh, not for the time being. I don't trust them to keep it up anymore, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely going to have to do something about that over the summer. Just, uh, at this point, I would assume that they're just holding off until they figure that people have stopped caring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's another year or two. Yeah. A stay of execution. Uh... Uh, yeah, and the the PSP store itself is still going away. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, a quick question that Doomerang asks: Besides Dragon Warrior, begin a new quest. Have you played any other similar fan games like Chrono Trigger, Crimson Echoes, or FF1 Sky Warriors? Can't say that I have. Everything I heard about Crimson Echoes made it sound like not to my taste. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually play a lot of fan games just because I don't often hear about them in time. And it's, it's very hard to get the word out about fan games without anger. destroying them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the most impressive fan game I've played, which was not an RPG, was that Metroid 2 remake. AM2R. Yes. Or AM2R. 
which is Im yeah. impressive, but it was still just like you just remade this game as like Super Metroid. Which is the thing that the less thing that interesting any to me term... than the the, remit, the official remake. <laughs> The thing that sticks out to me over the course of any long-term examination of Metroid fandom is that there are very few Metroid fans, but there are a much larger contingent of Super Metroid fans. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like that's a distinction people often don't make. People, like, consider themselves to be fans of a franchise, but a lot of times people are just sort of fans of one game in a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And Super Metroid is one of the most consistently like you're you're a fan of Super Metroid. You want things you want Super Metroid sequels, not new Metroid games. <laughs> but, uh, and Tam points out that when they uh, before the stay of execution, they also managed to break patching on several of those stores. So uh, another thing that doesn't make uh, the them seem like they're long for this world, regardless. Oh, yeah. uh, the the PS3 store is still super busted for me. Like you, I have to, to download Truly anything. Incredible. I have to go through the download list, which is non-sortable and non-searchable. It is entirely a reverse chronological order list yes. that goes back as far as your PSN account. And it includes everything you've ever quote unquote purchased for free from PlayStation plus as well. And it also includes things you can't even download or play in your PS3. It's truly beautiful. It's yeah. like, here's this PSP game. Can I download that? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, no, you can download the PSP games. Yeah. I still think my favorite is uh, whenever I'm, like, scrolling... Whenever I'm scrolling through, like, the Vita, and it's like, here's a custom theme for your PS3. Can I download that? Why would you put that here? Is there a way to remove that? No. <laughs> here's an arbitrary selection of PS1 games that don't work on Vita. Why don't they? We didn't care enough to certify them. <sighs> There was like one day, I, one glorious day in like 2012 or, uh, no, it was 2014. I remember where I was when this was happening, where they like, someone fell asleep at the Switch and a and everything was downloadable on Vita, including things that absolutely didn't work, but especially all the PS1 games. <laughs> and essentially all of them work. They work perfectly. I downloaded like Metal Gear Solid and played through it that way. That was not available at the time. I don't think they ever actually certified MGS1 as working. Uh, I downloaded uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment that way. I don't think that ever got certified either. It might have eventually, but at the time it wasn't. And it was just a case of like, these all work. You just never certified them. You just gave so little of a shit that you didn't do anything. Ah, it still bothers me. But, hey, I can still play Metal Gear Solid on my Vita. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, to get back to the... Um, to get back to the question, do we want to start... Uh, how 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 are we gonna approach uh, the uh, Super Nintendo Genesis Turbo Graphics PC Engine generation? Well, which ones have we actually? Which systems have we actually played games on? Uh, I played games on all of those. Yeah. I didn't I own all of those at the time. I did not own a Turbo Graphics, and like the good RPGs on Turbo Graphics never came over anyway. But I have yeah. played Turbo Graphics games. 
I mean, just like the Super Nintendo has a load of games. And the answer is Chrono Trigger anyway. Yeah, the answer is going to be Chrono Trigger for Super Nintendo, but there's so many more that you can argue about. Oh, yeah. There's like it's there's like a knockdown drag out for second place that Wheels is going to say FF6 on, but... Yes. Uh, there's like a there's like a literally 100 way tie for second place for the Super <laughs> Nintendo. I mean, when when a system has literally 1,447, I believe, games listed for it, probably like a, a full like at least six of those are RPGs. And I was gonna say, and RPGs made up a significant proportion of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shoutouts to some stuff like A Link to the Past, which is incredible, although I personally never thought of it as an RPG at the time. Uh, it got grandfathered in. Uh, yeah, it got grandfathered in, but I like that's why, it, for, from like my personal nostalgia, Link to the Past is the most yeah. incredible game ever made. But uh, uh, Final Fantasy IV for being a type model for JRPGs going after it. To the point where, like, clearly it's the game that Sakaguchi himself has the most nostalgic fondness for because he, like, keep putting essentially like replacements of the entire FF4 cast into new games every time he gets the yeah. chance. No, but I mean, I've played through so many different DS games or 3DS games where it was like, oh, somebody really liked Final Fantasy IV here. And just completely disparate series. Um, like, I played, um, what was it? Summon Knight Tears Crown. <laughs> that game is very much a love letter to Final Fantasy IV. In the way it's in the way it's designed, the way it's produced, um, the way the characters interact, everything. It's just, but yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, another one that people will would go up in arms to argue uh, near the top. Earthbound. Uh, and there's Earthbound in there. Lufia too deserves a yeah. major mention. Like there's a, there's a lot of very strong contenders on the Super NES, perhaps more than just about any other console except maybe the PS2, PS1 or PS2. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a very very Japanese RPG risk, uh, rich era. Uh, none of us were PC players at the time. Uh, PCs could play games. Oh, they could. Okay. They could play Doom. Doom. Uh, Everything Doom. could play Doom. Yeah, but at the time it was rare. <laughs> Doom, I was all about marathon, man. And it's like, of course you were because you were a Mac player. Didn't they put Doom on like an ultrasound machine at some point? Probably. Someone literally just made Doom run on a website, so like not in the sense of like here's an emulator running through the website, but in the sense of like interacting via like the HTML, I think. Games Radar article from eight months ago. Thirteen things that prove that Doom will run on literally anything. We've got smartwatch, pregnancy test, um, oh, yeah, portable plate edge beveling machine, um, MacBook Touch Bar. Oh, not, not even the MacBook, MacBook itself. The Touch Bar. Yeah. A printer. Oh yeah, I've seen the printer version. A graphics calculator. I was just gonna ask about that. <laughs> Um, Optus, Optimus Maximus had a programmable screen on every single key. You can program it to be on that key. <laughs> uh, Tam also wanted us to give a shout out to the fact that the Super Nintendo era was also the period where like uh, a lot of licensed games would just be RPGs in Japan. Uh, yeah. 
nowadays a lot of like those things end up becoming like very simple action games or uh, arena fighters, but uh, you'd get things like like things that you would not assume made sense as RPGs, like Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball or Rama One Half became RPGs on Super Nintendo. Yeah. It was a RPG dense library. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, so so the answer is Chrono Trigger. Um, uh, no, it's not. This is being the gold standard of the system. Yeah. Final Fantasy VI. I'm sorry that you're wrong. Oh, uh, no. Final Fantasy VI, you can still think of enough things to improve about it. Pretty much. I disagree. Uh, well, let's see. How many of the characters were actually necessary for the plot? All of them. Or even the gameplay. All of them. Or, even Gogo. <laughs> even how, Gogo and Umaro. <laughs> how many of the characters actually had well developed individual ability sets? All of them. I feel like, uh, since I'm the heretic that, like, is fine with uh, FF6, but would honestly rather play 4 or 5. Uh, I'll bring up that my biggest issue with it is that for such a character-based game, most characters only get like three real scenes where they, where things happen with them. Yeah. Say, I loved Final Fantasy VI back in the day, but when I tried to replay it on Game Boy Advance, I just got bored because I still remembered every single scene. Remember, it's a crazy <laughs> memory. And there is not much of a reason to replay that game unless you are trying to remember the story. Meanwhile, Chrono Trigger, 13 endings. <laughs> Chrono Trigger just well, it just worked better all around. It's the platonic ideal. Yeah. It was just it was very well put together, very well balanced. All the characters worked well off of each other. Um, yeah. It the sprite it. art is really, really expressive in a way that almost no other Super Nintendo game is. Yeah. I mean, some of the other some of the other later um, games of the system did pretty well too. I'm, Oh, definitely, but I feel yeah. like the the gold standard, as with most things, is Chrono Trigger. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Wheels has been saddened into silence. Whatever. But... <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not crying. I did that while I was going home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, as for uh, let's let's start a different fight instead. Shining uh, Force versus. The top... Uh, Fantasy Star. <laughs> yes, the answer is Shining Force uh, 2. Thank you. Goodbye. Next sorry, next category. Star <laughs> I was going to say, I will just let you argue all this out because <laughs> I do not have anything to say about any of the other consoles. Uh, yeah, for, for Turbo Graphics, I'm mostly going to bring up how uh, important the Tengai Machio 2 Manjimaru was to that system's library in general. But uh, sadly, can't speak much of it personally because it was never translated and still hasn't been fan translations of PC Engine games are vanishingly rare, no one has ever touched any of the Tengai Machio games the only Tengai Machio games that have gotten fan translated are things that are barely Tengai Machio games like uh, Oriental Blue okay yeah I have played Tengai Machio 1 Jiraiya yeah. on a smart, on a cell phone Oh <laughs> I, boy. I, I told you about this one once that yeah there was a there was a downloading issue in between regions of the game, and the entire thing crashed, and it wiped my saves. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, Manji Maru, I believe, was the single best-selling Turbo Graphics slash PC Engine game. 
Yeah, which... it also got it also got a uh, DS remake that is still good for like four thousand yen on resale. Oh wow! Yeah, like that one's beloved. Like that was yeah. a, apparently a very big game, and there's just no way to play it in English. <laughs> I mean, which I mean, there was no way it was ever going to get localized because the main character has a swastika for his actual name. <laughs> That, that's the manji. That. Yeah, yeah, it's a manji. Yeah. Um, and it is written with the manji character, not with the the actual kanji for the word, but the actual manji character yeah, in like his name. Yeah, like <laughs> Like that's like that name is basically like calling him manji boy. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very important game. The closest we ever got to getting any of the main Tengai Machios, I think I've brought this up before, there is an Xbox 360 exclusive 3D remake of Jiraiya that only came out in Japan. What? And Did I am convinced that got... there was intentions to Namida? bring that. Did... I thought I maybe Namida anyone... got... Huh? I don't think anyone ever made rumblings about bringing over Namida. It, it, like, it could have happened, because it was, like, a PS2 game in, like, 2005, I think. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we didn't get that either. And, of course, no Tengai Makio for the Apocalypse. Yeah, absolutely none of that. Uh, the only officially localized Tengai Makio of any stripe is the arcade game fighting game spinoff, which was re least in English. Whatever. Yeah, Far East of Eden Kabuki Clash. Which is... I mean, I, that's a choice you could make, I guess. But that's the reason that, like, anytime you see discussion of the games in English, they're referred to as the Far East of Eden games, even though only one of them ever bore that title anywhere, as far as I can tell. <laughs> I mean, that is... Um, I mean, Tengai Makyo, that... I mean... Yeah. It's a, it's I, I, a good name. But it is weird. I think it's to the think actual about. name that they that they referred to as, um, or that's actually what Red Entertainment referred to it as in their English whatevers. Yeah, it's probably the official name. It's just like one release product used that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, man, Red Entertainment. We could be on that subject for a while, but we won't. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to bring up uh, Far East of Eden because it's very like. Has has a long uh, cast a long shadow in Japan, uh, but yeah, uh, completely completely gone in English. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, um, uh, PS1. I mean, like I know where my loyalties lie. <laughs> I mean, I. I fully understand why Final Fantasy VII is going to be a major ish, uh, major item in this conversation. I have a different answer. What are you going to say? Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, that's a very that good, too. very important game. I'd still rather play a Hope 7. <laughs> okay. Not, I mean, just from a financial or marketing standpoint, Final Fantasy VII wins everything in oh, this sure. generation. Yeah, it's it's the if we're talking just about historicity, it's it's FF yeah. FF7. If we go deeper than that, there's more of a debate. Even though my heart says FF7, but uh, just for raw uh, importance, uh, 
It's FF7. Yeah. Uh, Tam enters Suicoden 2. Uh, uh, I, Tam? Tam? I love Suikoden 2. I, it's one of the best games ever made. I, I think he was just entering that as, like, one of the best ones. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think enough people played it for it to be on the important side. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just very good. Although, I admit, I actually kind of like Suikoden 1 more. Just because it's a much leaner game. <laughs> Interesting. Two is much more of a uh, it's much more of a commitment. <laughs> uh, also, Tam says that you're lagging. Really? And I, I can see that too. You are slideshow frame rates now. Uh, trapped frames. Okay, now you're back now. Oh, maybe just a brief blip. Uh, yeah. Uh, just had a moment of trapped frames there. Yeah, but for for importance, FF7, for quality, there's just there's a lot of games here. There's so many. Uh, but yeah, I, I admit I actually kind of prefer Suikoden One to Two as a as a breezier experience that gets in and gets out in 15 hours, even if you're going for 100. Uh, percent Also, it's still very weird to me that. Uh, there is a subsection of Suicoden 2 that's just essentially the plot, the, one of the same subplots from Suicoden 1. Like, it's just, uh, here's Necklord again. Why is he oh back? Yeah. Dunno. No, that part was weird. It also happens after major plot events, so it's in a weird yeah. spot, too. Yeah, it's a very strange, it's a strange subplot to insert in a strange place. Yeah. Uh... uh yeah, uh, that's a very good one. Like we could we could go down the list of like ones that are very important to us individually. Uh, Star Ocean, the second story, is huge for me personally and no one else. Uh, uh, that's that's exaggerating. It has a cult following. Uh, yeah. Wheels, let's some. Oh god. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I was just gonna say uh, Wheels should be the one stumping for Saturn games at this yeah, stage. But I was uh... gonna say, in terms of importance on Saturn, it's actually probably Sakura Tyson. Yeah, um, some of the big ones in Saturn, like Shining the Holy Ark, um, <laughs> is uh, obviously we've seen plenty of like first-person turn-based dungeon crawlers since then, but I feel like that game is still unique in the way it handles that, in mm -hmm. that it's largely kind of going by the structure of like a just a cla traditional. Japanese RPG where you're going through certain dungeons and going through the story mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of cool th a lot of cool things about the dungeons like there's a haunted house <laughs> and just like the whole way it handles random encounters um, I forget the, the term for it but there's no just like random transition to the battle every monster occurs at least Every monster appearance at least occurs somewhat, like, organically. It may be just like, oh, you turn around suddenly and there's a monster there, but it's all organic mm -hmm. like that. There's no, like, just random uh, cut to, to battle. And it gives, mm -hmm. it gives a lot of character to that game that you don't normally see in that sort of RPG. Yeah. And, yeah, it... it 
and a lot of that is also because of some of the different dungeons like i just the haunted house like you know you'll be looking at a painting and like, that sort of environment just doesn't exist in most of that kind yeah. of thing I feel like that genre has gotten too much into just like, okay, there's one giant dungeon and that's the game. We're just doing wizardry. We're doing the yeah. burning ground of the mat overlord again. Whereas instead of instead of just doing, okay, this this is like just a JRPG, but it just so happens that all the dungeons you're going through and all the environments you're going through occur in our first-person dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping at one point that um, some of the Etrian games may explore that way. Uh, but they didn't didn't quite do that. They horrors, I think, as close as they got. Sort of, but it's more it's more they just broke up like the stratums of a traditional Etrian Odyssey yeah. dungeon into different spots on a world map. It's it wasn't really the same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's as close yeah. as they got. It wasn't that close. But... Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's obviously it didn't influence anyone because no one's doing it, but I feel like it's. Well, it should have. It should have, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully someday some developers will go back and look at that and get some inspiration. Uh, but yeah, other than so... that, you've got like Shining Force 3, which um, is very good, and we only got a third of it, obviously, uh, with a weird dub. And let's see what else for Saturn RPGs, and it's Panzer Dragon Saga, which is another one of it. Kind of falls into a similar boat to Shining the Holy Ark because it's like this weird, unique RPG that no one's really aped on. <laughs> in that it kind of lets you explore on the dragon and kind of presents like a turn-based combat system that is reminiscent of like the shootery games <laughs> and yeah it's there's not really anything else like it out there and that's a shame yeah because it's to, really to, cool to drag back just a bit since uh i did allow us to miss the nuance of this uh one of these one of the nuances of this question we're not too late to correct uh uh one of the nuances of the question of course was what franchise spawned on each console generation so if we throw out the the best of each generation which we've also which the best and most influential we can also talk about franchises that spawned on each generation and i feel like for uh super nintendo it's still chrono trigger um yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i just wanted to make sure that we address that as well okay um well then playstation we have persona Persona is very important, even though, like, uh, Persona 1 is garbage. Uh. Even though you you can make the argument that since um, the Mega Ten games split off and form new series every literally every console generation, you can make the argument that Persona 1 and 2 are a different series subset from Persona 3 and 4. I would, uh, yeah, yeah, Persona 3 through 5 are kind of a different beast entirely, even though they are still in continuity with Persona 1 and 2. Yeah, which makes those three my, or makes Persona 3 my my choice for PlayStation 2. And we probably yeah. should have mentioned Megami Tensei or Shin Megami Tensei previously. Yeah, uh, SMT is definitely up there as well. Uh, yeah. It, depending upon if we're counting them the same, uh, yeah. as the same series or not. But uh, if not, Megami Tensei, Digital Devil Story, it also goes in that, like, important primordial sludge 
uh, from nineteen from the late eighties. Uh, let's see what else. Um, but yeah, for PS One, my personal favorite uh, franchise started on there is probably Grandia, which is also on Saturn. Yep. Uh, but another like important one, if you're choosing to count it as a separate franchise, would be say uh, Paper Mario. It's a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I mean the. We don't have to talk much about... There, there's actually a lot of, like, really neat Saturn RPGs, but they have almost no footprint in the U.S. because they, a lot of them weren't localized. Uh, but, I mean, you know, somewhere out there's a Vakken Rotor fan. I know it. Uh, Albert Odyssey. <laughs> that did get localized. Yes. Anyway. Also, that was part of a long-running series. Yes, and that's the only game in the series that we ever got, right? Yeah, and I also believe it's technically a spinoff. Yeah. Because I think the mainline yeah. games were tactical RPGs. Yeah, that's right. And um, I played the original tactical RPG. It was different. <laughs> and Magic Knight Ray Earth, which is, in my opinion, one of the best licensed games of all time. Definitely one of the best licensed, especially one of the best licensed RPGs oh, like that sure. Kotor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was lucky that it had source material that really linked itself well to the format. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the... the the original Ray Earth manga and anime are basically an RPG that happens to be in the form of manga and anime. So, they they made jokes in canon, in conversation about how much this was like an RPG. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you watch tons of episodes of like the anime, and it's just like this is this is just a town like quest that you would have in between dungeons. Uh, like this would be a town and dungeon that you would have in an RPG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. And of course, it didn't hurt. They got uh, Riko Kodama to work on that game as well. Yeah, Riko Kodama was on Ray Earth. Important one. Uh, Tam brings up Super Robot Wars Alpha, so, you know, big thumbs up for that for me. Uh, and brings up the, uh, I assume, Super Nintendo version of Ray Earth, which is a very different game, and I have not played. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I highly recommend everyone play the Saturn version. I won't say how, but you should play it. There are ways to do it. Also, uh, she was definitely director on Ray Earth. So. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Oh, and to, to amend something that I said earlier, she was producer on Skies of Arcadia, but okay. still uh, very important to that game. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never played Super Nintendo Rare Earth. I have no idea as to its quality. Um, it was, I mean, I remember it as being kind of decent. Yeah. Um, I ne- never finished it. Yeah. I mean, that, that would make sense. Uh... Uh, let's see. Which uh, brings us to the latter half of the Game Boy, and it's Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. There's no really it's, it's kind of indisputable. Yeah. Uh, the ambitious RPGs have largely departed the Game Boy at that period, and any of the existing, uh, any of the existing, uh. 
ambitious RPGs for the Game Boy after Pokemon are knocking off Pokemon on some level. Yeah, or uh, ports of older games like the Dragon Quest games. Yeah, which are very nice ports. Those are very nice. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. But I, and, it, I, I remember that's kind of what got me to play Pokemon in the first place. It was just like, well, there's not really any other RPGs to play. I guess I'll try this thing. Yeah, the marketing machine was in full swing. I don't even know when I became aware that I needed to play Pokemon, but I know that it was a mighty need that I had when I, <laughs> at some point. Fall, fall of 1998. Yeah, it was definitely yes, that's like... When, that's when the anime started. I definitely played it before the anime had started. I don't know where I got the mighty need to play it, but... I don't know how you got it before the anime started either, Um it was like it released like a month or so, I think, before the anime had started. Or at least I definitely played it before I had seen the anime. I'll put it that way. Let me see what the actual release date is on Pokemon. Red and blue in the US. In Japan, it's like February of 96, I think. It is, but it wasn't released in America until 98. Yeah, it's, sure. it's a, like mid-late 98. Okay, September of 98 in the US. When did the Pokemon anime premiere in the US? I was at university at the time, so it had to have been August or September of 98. Let's double check. Uh, Pokemon TV series. Uh, 97 in Japan. Uh, first run syndication in the US in, 90, in 98. So it would have been like fall of 98, around the same time. So the so memory's foggy there, but I know that I was obsessed with playing Pokemon before I had seen the anime of Pokemon. I don't know why or how. <laughs> uh, Tam brings up Legend of the River King, which is a game I have heard of and never played because it's extremely strange sounding. <laughs> I think that's from the, the uh, Harvest Moon. I am almost right? certain you're correct. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a fishing RPG, to my yeah. knowledge. It is. And I think there's a number of them in Japan, actually. I think there's more than one. Which is amazing in and of itself, and says lots about the Japanese industry. Yeah, uh, apparently in Japan, it kind of dates back to, like, the Famicom in 1990. Uh, and apparently it was at least once in Europe just called Harvest Fishing. <laughs> which is on the nose I suppose yeah a little too on the nose yeah uh, but yeah there's a bunch of these in Japan I think we only ever got the one on Game Boy yeah no apparently we also got one on PS2 that I've never heard of this period that's interesting and also one of the DS ones so yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of these if you're uh, interested in that. Uh, the first one we got seems to be the third one. But yeah, originally developed by Peck in video. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Yeah, kind of has to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many different games that copied the Pokemon formula. Yeah, like even if you like something better, Pokemon is the most important. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I admit personally, there isn't one on the Game Boy that I like better. But 
that's uh, that's a personal thing. That brings us to PS2, which is uh, getting into a lot of. There's not actually a lot of new franchises at that point. There's just a lot of uh, ongoing franchises. Yeah, that's where we get this guy. Uh, Gaia did in fact start on that. We may even let you get away with that one, Wheels. Just trying to think of like other things that started life on PS2 as RPGs. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could bring up Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is that era. Uh, if we're counting... Uh, well, Skies of Arcadia isn't a franchise, but that is like a Dreamcast and GameCube game. Yeah. What are you playing? Oh, it's just... Damon X Machina. I was going to say, uh, which um, which platform did Monster Hunter start on? Oh, that's PS2. Yep. That, that yep. wins the importance award. Yep. I was going to say, I'm not sure why we haven't mentioned that one already. Yeah, it just didn't even occur to me that that started on PS2, because the PS2 version was not popular in the U.S. See, Tam mentioned this Digital Devil Saga. I assume that's what DDS means. I can't think of anything else that would be on the PS2, but yeah, uh, one of the one of the less uh, less celebrated at the time, uh, fran- uh, Shin Megami Tensei spinoff franchises, but definitely so, a cult classic. Devil Summoner. Uh, Devil Summoner started on PS1 and slash Saturn. The action Devil Summoner. <laughs> okay, there you I go. Consi- I would I would consider it a separate. <laughs> Yeah, that's say, why I would say they call again, it the Raido games. Yeah. yeah, the Megatons tend to reinvent themselves and branch off everything, so yes, definitely Devil Summoner and Devil Summoner Raido are separate sub-series. Yeah. I'd almost call Xenosaga cheating, Cam, but yeah. Because <laughs> they really wanted that to be Xenogears, but didn't happen, didn't happen. Uh... I mean, Xenosaga has had a major influence on the crossover series. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Namco X Capcom, Project Cross Zone. <laughs> uh, the Endless, Endless Frontier. Endless Frontier, which is technically part of Super Robot Wars. No, Endless Frontier is, I mean, it's Namco X Capcom, Endless Frontier 1 and 2, and then uh, Project Cross Zone 1 and 2. That's a basically its own series. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, in it. Yeah, I mean, they're all... I mean, they're all kind of connected to uh, Super Robot Wars, but at the same time, it is definitely it is its own series. Oh yeah, but I just I just mean in the sense of like the the Endless Frontier games are explicitly within the Super Robot Wars original generation canon. Yeah, but yeah, but they also uh, include the main characters from Namco, X Capcom, and also has Cosmos. Yeah, and Momo and Telos. Yeah, there's a lot of just a lot of ambient Xenosaga running around at that period. Uh, and then, of and course, has, the protagonist of... The ships from Xenosaga crashed into the ground in it. Yeah, and then, of course, the protagonist of Endless Frontier ended up in Robot, Super, Robot original, Super Robot Wars Original Generation, the Moon Dwellers. The, uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, 
See, keeping track of those series is ridiculous. But... Yeah, there's a lot to keep track of. Uh, and yeah, the, the other honorable mention for most important would be like Persona 3 for spawning the modern Persona uh, games. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't think it holds up that well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, there's one other that I want to, like, leap back onto the Dreamcast for is, like, an important game, if perhaps not as influential as it might have been on a on a more popular platform, but Fantasy Star Online mm -hmm. is, like, the genesis of, like, that kind of game on consoles. Yeah, I think that even kind of obviously influenced Monster Hunter as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got that same, like, idea of, like, that same loop of yeah. gameplay. Especially considering that both of them are also reliant on very limited numbers of environments. Yes. But Monster Hunter is much more palatable to go back and play than uh, PSO1, which should say uh, some things about how PSO1 has aged, but... Not sure I totally agree with that. Because... PSO, I, I tried to play PSO one not more than like three years ago, and it was just impossible. Yeah, Monster Hunter one and Monster Hunter Dose involve use all your attacks mapped to the second control stick. Yeah, like that's not great. I still think that's better than yeah. what's happening in well, PSO one. Well, I guess you'd <laughs> want to go and play the PSP versions of both of those anyway. Yeah. That's the only way we got the G versions of either game. That's true. Well, and that's the only way we got Dose to begin with. Yeah, we never got any version of Monster Hunter 2 on PS2. Nope. Incredible. Uh, oh, and I guess I'll bring up another uh, franchise spinoff that I'm fond of that started on PS1, Mega Man Legends. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a very cute game. Uh... Been contemplating replaying those games. Uh, but yeah. Um, what else was I gonna say? But yeah, P PS2. That's that's kind of it. There's a lot of other like short little like attempted franchises that happen in that era. Uh, I know a lot of people who are very fond of Botan Kaito, so I'll give that a shout out. Uh, as far as the U.S. is concerned, the Tales of series basically started on the GameCube. It's <laughs> kind of true, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, like, we did get Tales of Destiny and Tales of Eternia as Tales of Destiny 2 for some reason. But, yeah. uh, like, Tales of Symphonia was the first one that actually sold uh, in the U.S. Uh, let's see. But, uh, you know, for, for me personally, the one that I would probably say has spawned has eaten the most of my time that started in this era it would be the modern persona games yep uh, as for wheels it was definitely monster hunter um, um yeah i guess you as a franchise is, yeah as a franchise that's for sure although obviously as people have as seen that i yeah, as people have seen that um, I have become obsessed with Persona 5, Persona series is obviously pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PS3, a lot 
of the new RPGs from that era, uh, I guess, for me, I guess it's Mass Effect? I'd like to think of other new franchises from that era that meant a lot to me. Mass Effect is certainly a big one. Um... Like that's the era of, like, the big Western RPG franchises. Yeah. Uh, Witcher technically started in that era, but I don't think Witcher 1 was super huge. Uh, Xenoblade? Oh, Xenoblade is that era, yeah. Very late in it, but it is there. Witness the power of the Monado. Forever remembering when they actually did announce that for an English release uh, before taking it off the schedule, and they had announced it in the U.S. as Monado, the beginning of the world. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, Tam stomping for Artinelico on PS2. I have never finished any of those, so I can't speak to it, sadly. I will uh, only stump for Artinelico 2, which is a weird... Very, that very weird, pretty music. Very good game, yes. I own two. I don't know why I only own two and not any of the others, but for, I that, think it was just that it was at that, the time when I yeah, had money. <laughs> that, it, that is the, the correct choice. Weird. One Never is, knew that. One is pretty, gameplay-wise, is more standard. Hmm. And although it still has good music and interesting story beats, and three is um, the developers using a physics engine for bad things, and I will leave just, it at that. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shout what is immediately coming to my head that I think you're dancing around, and it's just the words D -d -d "dangerously horny." Yes, that is <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Uh, a primary mechanic it involves the loss of clothes. Oh, it's I love the third person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless the game is Akiba's Trip, that's probably a bad sign. Akiba's Trip, undead and undressed, now available for your PS4. <laughs> Which is the only game that actually had a fun way of putting that into it. Still can't get over that they actually called it that. This is an RPG, but Way of the Samurai, bring that series back. That was a great PS2 series, but it means a lot to me. We have it. We have we have it in rogue form. Yeah, bring back the original ones. And make Wheel stop antagonizing the shop. Listen. <laughs> you kept trying to beat a vending machine to death. It was high-quality content. It was streaming it at the time. Uh, yes, I High-quality content. That video is now lost to the internet because you didn't save it anywhere, but... <laughs> well, I'm just going to do it again. Wheels just desperately attempting to beat a vending machine to death over and over and over. Good times. So if you want to beat a vending machine to death, it's actually a boss in a couple of the Metal Max games. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, those... uh, it, it's one of the wanted monsters in Metal Max 2 Reloaded, and then it makes an appearance in Metal Max uh, 4. The Vendor of Death. Uh, Tam brings up another one that's both very important to me and actually to other people, which is Yakuza on PS2 was a huge one. Yeah, I forgot that started on, on uh, PS2. That first one, that first one on PS2 is real, real rough. But Yakuza 2 on PS2 is 
kind of where the series becomes something worth playing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Tam. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Game Boy Advance. Do we have anything on Game Boy Advance? Um, Golden Game Sun. Yes. Magical Vacation. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Big one. Yeah. As for one that's best age, it's probably Mother 3, but... Yeah. Uh, Game Boy Advance. Good one. It's not home to a lot of great original RPGs, I feel like. Oh, I mean, it's home to several original ones, but they're not good ones. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of great original. Like, both of these qualifiers are necessary. Uh-huh. Um, hmm... Well, come on, I've played plenty of games on that thing. What is a good one that was an actual series starter? Um, hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, this is a lot harder than it should be. Um, okay, Sly Mori Mori Dragon Quest. Oh, yeah, it's a real fun one. Yeah. Really easy to pick up and play. Um, I think there's only like one spot in the entire game where you actually need to understand what somebody's telling you, <laughs> and it's easy to just figure out where. Um, or I mean, if you explore around the town enough, you can figure out who to talk to anyway. Because any slime that you have not talked to yet has a little word bubble over their head, and that's how you can find one of the ones that you need to talk to for a plot point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was the only game I ever gave a minimal um, language barrier rating too on my reviews back when I could still add stuff to the review line um yeah I mean Rocket Slime was a much better game but um the first one was really cool too cute yeah yeah and that's a that's a, a I, I consider it an important sub-series yes so Yeah, well, we'll count that. Um, I guess if we're also counting that, like, this is not my favorite series, but I would consider it one of the lasting marks of the GBA was the uh, Mario and Luigi games. Yep. Yeah, that, one, that, yeah, that would count. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tam also brings up Battle Network was kind of a huge series for Capcom. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay, yes, Battle Network, definitely. So, I mean, the last really good new Mega Man series. Yeah, the last one of any real consequence. I mean, Zero was good. ZX tried hard. Shooting Star, no. I mean, oh, I don't think, yeah. I don't think we actually got anyone to review the Shooting Star trilogy of Mega Man games. Yeah, our... they were called we Star have... Force in the US, but yeah, yeah. I don't think Star anyone cared. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of crazy. It's like, we couldn't, I mean... The only other series I can think of that we had that much trouble getting anybody to review was um, was Idea Factories, whatever it was. The one that the one that Jimmy Sen had to torture himself to get through finally. Uh, Ag Agarest. Agarest, yeah. Oh um, man, everyone took a swing at Agarest for a few years there, just being like, someone has to finally finish this damn thing. Yeah, I mean, we finally got reviews for Agarest, and we still don't have them for Star Force. Yeah, I mean, at this bad. stage, it's actually probably easier to play Agarest than it is to play Star Force, which doesn't help. 
Uh, if they ever release... I'm uh... sure I could probably pick up a copy of any of the Star Force games for like two bucks and play them, but I don't really want to. Yeah, I mean, like, the, I feel like it's the la Battle Network was the last Mega Man series that felt like it reached a point where they had just decided that it was time to call it quits, as opposed to just being like, oh, this, no one wants to play this. But, yeah, uh, like, this just isn't selling, as opposed to... Yeah, I won't say no one wants to play this, but this just isn't selling. Like, Battle Network was just like, well, it'll just move on to its successor series, Star Force. Oh, no one wants to play Star Force. Uh, let's see. Tam admits to owning the Star Force games. Okay, uh, Tam, oh, no, you need to review them for us. No, wait, it's, it's, it's Agarest War. It might be Agarest War that Tam is admitting to owning all of. Oh. Tam. Uh, I bought this. I bought Zero very cheap as a joke and never played it because it was just Which funny one? to me to own it. Which game? Uh, Agarest War Zero because it was just very funny to own it. Chocobo is judging you, Tam. <laughs> uh, Agarest like is just an absolutely like I I have messed around with the first Agarest and it, just to see if it was as bad as it sounded and it's it's miserable absolutely miserable game uh what a time oh agar uh, tam says both so tam might actually on the star forces hey you want to do a star force review yeah do it do it do it somebody has to eventually i mean it's i mean wait a minute those games came out before i moved to the city um it's been over 15 years I think the first one's 06, yeah. Yeah, it's been 15 years, and we still do not have a review for these games. I, Tam says, I use the Agress 4 booby mouse pad daily. I mean, that's just how you rest your... That's how you save your rest at some point. Listen, Tam, yeah. Tam I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. Oh, I will no. show you my secret shame. Well, it's not secret anymore now, yes. you nerd. There you go. Okay, what is this that you're putting on your stream right now? I need to narrate it for the audio listeners. And for me, yes, what is it? It's Neptunia. Okay. Oh, Lordy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly finding its way onto the screen. Oh, that's a lot of Neptunia. That's too much Neptunia. I feel like Tam definitely owns those, though, as well. I think he does. <laughs> I think Platinum 3 does as well. So when are you going to play the Neptunia that has all the streamers in it? Uh, that's what I just showed you. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was assuming that so, it was like an old Neptunia. No. <laughs> so I, I still I need to dare someone to play Heroines Chronicle. Oh, God. The, the game that... The first game that, or one of the first games I bought for Vita just because I needed something to play in it, and definitely the first one that I sold back. <laughs> the game where the the in-battle attack scenes are so long that the Vita puts itself into sleep mode <laughs> before they're done. Cam puts forward that, yes, he does in fact own all the Neptunia. Yeah. That's a PS3 era game. That's yeah. not my favorite, but it is very indicative of the PS3 era for good yeah. now. Well, I've heard those PS3 versions are not great. Not the versions to play. They got remade. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, the only ones I've played were Neptunia 1 and Neptunia 2, the first five minutes of Neptunia 2 on PlayStation 3. Nept Neptunia 2 was one of the games I got in a lucky dip bag. Uh, <laughs> I, I bought, I got two of these bags out of Staya back in the day. Yeah. And I, I stuck Neptunia 2 in for all of five minutes and saw the boob physics at work in the first cutscene. I thought, you know what? I have a steady girlfriend now, and I really do not want to be seen playing this. <laughs> um, and so um, I took the opportunity to sell Neptunia 1 back as well at the same time, My along well. with that. And Resident Evil 4, which, since I don't like zombies. Fair enough. Um, and I, I, I kept Dragon's Dogma and still made 500 yen off of the sale back. Yeah, so nice. that worked out well. Yeah. So I, mean, I actually got, I mean, I got back 500 yen more than I paid for these games originally. So. Now that Wales has revealed that he has that particular Neptunia, I have to bully him into playing it long enough to see what, uh, what the one, like, Japanese streamer I follow is doing in it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, but yeah, we've we've now hit. Uh, we're now bumping dangerously. Oh, we didn't bring up anything that originated on DS. Yes, and Devil Survivor. That's a, that's, a, that's yeah. the honorary uh, SMT spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> yep, very mega ten. Let's see, DS anything really interesting, cool, cool for the DS. DSD is also acceptable, but there were less uh, things debuting on that. Oh, there were a lot of things debuting on it, just not all of them were good and or less of consequence was debuting on that. Yeah. Um, let's see, you had the Atelier DS games, which were. Incredibly buggy, really good, and pretty good in that order. <laughs> um, you had Etrian Odyssey oh, yeah, did, on that. We did bring up Star Force, which was on DS, but only in the context that none of us has played it and no one can be convinced to play it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Etrian games were on DS. A lot of my favorite DS games were things that don't cleanly fit into any genre or like are genres that are not as popular. Uh, I do love a lot of DS RPGs, but they're not, uh, oh, let's, I'll just bring one up. Radiant Historia, that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Happily played through that again in perfect chronology. Well, okay, okay, DS. Trauma Center okay. is not an a RPG, <laughs> Okay, a series that definitively started on the DS, and it meets almost all the quality, um, requirements. Yeah, yeah. Nino Kuni. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did you, uh, Gaijin, did you hear Nino Kuni 2 is apparently coming to Switch? I heard something about that. It's official? Uh, it's more that it got raided somewhere and it still hasn't been announced, so presumably it'll be announced sometime soon. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually kind of interested in that because I didn't have anything to play it with. Yeah, originally. I was thinking, like, that you didn't have a way to play the original yeah. release of Nino Kuni 2, so it might be of interest to you. It was actually, um, it's like back when Nino Kuni 2, right before it came out, I was I actually had a regular student who yeah. um, she was practicing English because she and her husband were going to move to Colorado for his job, uh. and so like what, one of our man-to-man -man lessons actually involved us on the internet ju just doing apartment hunting. Uh, um, that's very but, important. That's um, very practical. Yeah, but um, I mean, she had just I mean, 
she was still expecting their first child at the time, and she was at yeah. home a lot, so she had discovered Nino Kuni, the first game, and was just loving it to death. Mm. And I t told her, oh, did you hear that there was a second one coming soon? And she was like, really? <laughs> was, she was very excited about this news. So I hope she enjoyed it because she moved to um, she moved to Colorado like a month after that. So I hope she picked it up in English or something and just enjoyed it there. Yeah, I have a friend who was really big into Nino Kuni too when it happened. So oh, I've seen a lot I, of I might pick it up when that hits Switch myself. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, it's got better combat than. Yeah, fixing the combat would honestly do a lot to help yeah. Nino Kuni PS3 slash Switch now, uh, because that is. That combat system is just a disaster. <laughs> uh, Should be pointed out the the DS version had a completely different combat system. Yeah, yeah. The P that's why I'm being very careful about the verbiage I'm using. The PS3 version of Nino Kuni's combat's a disaster. Um, I mean, they did do a few good things altering it um, to the PS3 version. Like the location of the Temple of the Spirits makes a bit more sense now than where it was in the first game. Yeah, um, but... but then they gutted like large sections of the third act of the game. They did like this weird thing where like both of them are not quite the same game, but they're also not completely different. They are. I mean, the, the PS3 game has the same plot, the same yeah. main plot. It's just the third act is quite a bit different with, or second and third acts are quite a bit different with some missing areas. And a few new, a few new areas which don't quite make up for it, even though they're pretty nice. Yeah. And um, and of course they broke the combat. <laughs> and and yeah, the combat, but yeah. And um, they took out a lot of the back and forth between the two worlds, looking for hearts. Yeah, which kind of loses the whole like Nino Kuni concept, but. Yeah. Oh well. Um. So. See, uh, some other ones Cam brought up. Uh, Luminous Arc, which I never played, and PS3 era brought us Blue Dragon. If we were gonna, if I was gonna pull up one of the Mistwalker RPGs from that era, I'd actually probably bring up Lost Odyssey before Blue Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Um, since we have been mentioning sub series, uh, yeah, as distinct from main series, PS3 also brought us Atelier Rorona. Oh yeah, which really Wait. kind of codified like modern atelier i think it rebooted the yeah. company basically um because i mean they'd spent the latter half of the ps2 period trying to reinvent the atelier series into something more mainstream and yeah. not not doing too well with it financially and then they rebooted with rerona to something closer to the classic series and it was like the number one seller for the entire history of the company wow yeah, I mean, like, over 200,000 copies sold in Japan within the first month. Wow. Which, I mean, granted, that's... The majority of sales in Japan usually happen within the first week. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, Rorona was doing, like, gangbusters. Um, just massively successful by... Uh, just a huge improvement, uh, reversal of fortune for the company itself. Yes. And it sets the, I mean... The series has gone in all sorts of different directions since then, but it, it still set a lot of the basics for how the next 9 to 12 games of the series operate. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, definitely worthy of bringing up as important in quality. Um, it's kind of interesting when you consider Rorona was actually the 10th game in the series. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it definitely had a massive impact on its own series and for quite a few other games in that Meister style. Yeah, it's it's never too late for a reinvention. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, also, Doomerang asks if the Persona 2 on PS3 network is worth buying in this in today's age, and I would say that yes, both of them are still worth buying. Yeah, I keep t saying I need to go back on the PS Vita store. That's one of the games I need to go back for. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like you, in particular, would get uh, a great deal out of the uh, particularly bizarre elements of that game's story. <laughs> yeah. I just need to get some um, American money for my PS store as well. Because uh, I, like I would like to play this in English, but I would not be able to purchase it in English without dollars and not yen. Yeah, I mean, like, you could probably get those through Amazon or me or Wheels could be a go-between. Yeah. Yeah. I will I'll consider it in months to come. I mean, if they bring it over to Switch, I would just love that, because Switch usually has multiple language options. No matter that would be lovely, wouldn't it? But I get the sense that those games are essentially never going to be released again, because every time they do, they sell worse. Mm. They sell worse than everything around them. It's very sad. Uh, see, we should find a way to wrap because I need to go to bed soon. Okay, yeah, we're just about done with this question, which has taken the entire thing because it's a very large question. And thank yes. you again. For, uh, I want to respond to Doomerang's question uh, in here. Uh, what do you mean both? Uh, there's Persona 2: Innocent Sin, which is a PSP game uh, that I suppose wouldn't be available on the PS3 store. But you definitely want to play both Innocence Sin and Eternal Punishment, which would be available on the PS3 store. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Tam mentions Yokai Watch, but that's 3DS. That's 3DS, although that, that's kind of. Inazum 11's DS. Yeah, that's right. That was a huge one. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, they still had, the Fukuoka football stadium is still named level five. Yeah. Because of that. Because the company made such a bank on Inazuma 11. Yeah. Turns out, soccer slash football, perennially popular. Yeah. I mean, granted, they did manage to drive it into the ground by the end, the series by the end. But still, the fact that the developers were doing well enough off of this one series that they were able to buy the naming rights of a football stadium yeah for the past 14 years now yeah um, they sure did manage to like produce just too many of those for anyone to continue caring <laughs> like, i mean just purchasing the naming rights to a stadium as advertising for a video game series really incredible yeah how many of these are there at the stage i need to double check uh, uh, the, main, the main series had four, and then the, the next series had made it to two or three before they just stopped. Yeah, the Inazuma 11 Go series had another three. Yeah, and at least one of those was time traveled because I do still I do remember playing the demo at TGS that involved um, the Hundred Years War and helping Joan of Arc solve some problem through a soccer match. Yeah, Go To is labeled Chrono Stone, so I assume that's the one. That had to have been it, yes. Yeah, truly, truly bizarre. Um, I mean, I've the... tried to play those, I just really am not good at sports sims. So, yeah. I just could not get the hang of it. 
Yeah, I, I'd learned that I was not going to be able to play sports RPGs when I play Blitzball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for 3DS, like, it would be hard to argue that Yokai Watch didn't kind of define it in Japan. Um, and I can't think of a new franchise, a new, a major new RPG franchise on the PS4. Um, we missed Dark Souls, by the way. Oh, Dark Souls! That one was huge. That's a PS3 era, 360 yeah. era. Yeah. So that one's definitely important, high quality. Yeah, I can't think of any for PS. I don't. Which ones are new for PS4 to begin with? Um. It's, it's a lot of banked franchises yeah. on that. Yeah, I mean, Bloodborne, when, I guess, but that's up, basically another a Dark Souls spin-off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you get up to that generation, it's the question of which ones are original and which ones are specific to a console. Yeah. Because that's when you really start getting into the no, I mean, to the console agnostic production. Yeah, like you're you're making a PC game that scales to different consoles. Yeah. And that's not something that's really happened since the second generation, but it's happened again, and now they don't have... I mean, unless you're Switch, you don't really have a lot of system exclusives. So since the time is a flat circle. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we might uh, revisit the uh, very tail end of these uh, next... Uh, next uh, week since this was such a broad question but thank you again Kroll and everyone in the chat Doomerang, Tam uh, for uh, keeping us going Gaijin, it's plug time oh yeah, it's that time again yes, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, available episodes 1 through 9 plus a side story on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited uh, a bunch of paperback collections I'm considering just doing a couple of short print uh, like shorter print versions of each episode just to see um checking to see how much those would cost first for printing it may not be cost that out and then see if it's uh, something that people would be interested in <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um but yeah just um and still working on volume four uh i mean the <laughs> do, i've seen do, you do, like be... tweeting about typing like uh, like transcribing and like the writing the pages I'm seeing are horrifying <laughs> oh no that's that's for my May writing project and no, uh, those, those pages are typical in fact but I'm not uh, surprised that they're typical they're still horrifying yeah <laughs> I mean how else are you going to get 14 to 1500 words on an A6 page I'm not saying you're wrong but at the same time <laughs> it looks like the sprawlings of someone who's just seen something eldritch <laughs> Oh, no, you, you should have seen the previous writing project, which actually had sections of it written in only in Japanese. All right, be, be honest with us now. Have you been in yeah. contact with an elder god? No, but you would. I would not blame you for wondering after, if you had, re or if you remember the April Fool's 2019 review of Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Go back and look at that. It was a good one. Yeah, um, it was good. Um, it's kind of hard to find on the search function, so if you look up um, Ichor, or Icor, however you want to pronounce it, I-C-H-O-R, on the site's search engine, you'll find... We don't use that word a lot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, every other keyword I could think of came up with far too many searches 
to go through, especially since um, Darkest Dungeon was on a lot of digital market updates. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, the pages torn from an Iker um, stained review game review. As <laughs> I, I, I could think of no better way of writing a review for that game than to just make fun of its lore um, format. <laughs> That's just performance art at that stage. But... Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yes. Um, anyway, yes, back to Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. If you enjoy tabletop games, if you enjoy the experience of playing as much as the story of the game itself, that's a lot of what the game is based on. I keep marketing it as lit RPG just because I can't find any other genre that really fits, even loosely. Mm. Even though I'm sure some fans of the lit RPG genre would argue with me on this. <laughs> Genres are fluid. Uh, Genres are fluid, but if, for example, um, science fiction is a cafe latte at a regular cafe, game lit is often, or lit RPG is often like a triple pressed um, almond frappuccino, something other, something from Starbucks with specific. <laughs> stoop, um, I mean, if you look at some of the recommendation. Um, threads on forums for this genre you find things that really do read sort of like a starbucks specialty order <laughs> so um yeah for want of a better term lit rpg uh yes um uh, and if you follow me on twitter at michael yarimizu michael underscore yarimizu uh, you will probably see me plugging one episode a day on a two-week cycle and so, hey, if you uh, do end up reading and enjoying, be sure to leave a nice review. Please, <laughs> please, yes. So, I mean, yeah. so far, I mean, at this point, it's been three months since I've had even one page show up on Kindle Unlimited um, free reading, uh -huh. which is kind of dis kind of disheartening. Um, I did have somebody purchase a paperback, one of the paperbacks this month, past month, which That's is good. good. Yeah. And. Two purchases from Spain for the first book in the series. Huh. I would be happier if if Amazon.co.es actually acknowledged my bank account. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hmm. So um, yeah, I can get best. payments from I can get payments from eight or from a uh, four. Never no, uh, two thirds of the Amazon marketplaces. <laughs> Unfortunately, I still have extant funds on three of the others. Ouch. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, it's like one of these is the Indian Amazon, and it's Kindle Unlimited funds, which means it's like, I think, maybe at five cents total. Still, in, it's the principle in American of the thing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, give those a look. Uh, yeah. As for the show, uh, you can uh, listen to us stream it usually on Wednesday nights in America. Uh, it's, uh, you know, so, you know, check uh, Ask Wheels on Twitch, yeah. usually somewhere around the uh, 8 p.m. Pacific mark, and you'll start to see signs of life here. Uh, you can also, of course, uh, what you can also, of course, continue to listen to the podcast through RP Gamer, which obviously the uh, its truest and purest form. If you don't mind me occasionally yelling at wheels for playing a video game badly, uh, <laughs> contextlessly, uh, we uh, we love to hear uh, we love to hear 
we'd love to hear more questions, uh, they go in the comment section on RP Gamer, or they go in the Discord for the RP Gamer Discord in the podcast section. That's a nice Discord. There's a lot of nice people there that uh, all have many things to chat about. So if you want to and, find a... And if you are... And if you're very dedicated, you can write out a text file of 120-plus questions and just stick it on the Discord, and we will download it and keep it for yeah. future in, in future, we will do more Fireminer questions, but that crawl question turned out to be gigantic, so... Uh, but we knew it's going to be gigantic from the beginning. Yeah, no, I, I respect having a question like that loaded, <laughs> loaded in the barrel and ready to destroy us all. Uh, yes. But, yeah, uh... So, you know, uh, thank you again to Kroll, Doomerang, and Tam for joining us, uh, for providing questions and being in the chat, respectively. Uh, and uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, oh, yeah. And you know. just uh, keep an eye on, like you said, my Twitch channel, because we are going to be doing some more Resident Evil stuff going forward. If you like spooks. Yes. If you don't like spooky things, maybe don't, because RE7's pretty spooky. Yeah. Uh, uh, but other than that, I'll probably be streaming other games every now and then, so keep an eye on there. Yeah, expect Including a lot of Apex RPGs. Legends. Yeah, probably some Apex, probably Mon Monster Hunter. And probably if... some more Persona 2 once I probably yeah. beat you enough. And, and if... hopefully one day some Skies of Arcade, yeah. And if anyone ever has any interest, maybe some Damon X Machina and some of the older uh, Armored Core games. I'm currently trying to track down a copy. Time to play of, Masters of Arena. Currently trying to track down a copy of uh, four and five. I'm sorry, not four and five. The second versions of four and five. Four answer. Four answer and, and verdict day. Yeah. Which are different games and have different stories. Correct. But are better than their original counterparts. Yeah. As was often the case. But yeah. Four answer and verdict day. <laughs> what what names? Um, oh, oh, holy crap, the storm has just hit outside. Uh -oh. Okay, it sounds like we are... It is time to end regardless, so... Yes. Well, I have to uh, make some dinner and then figure out how in the world I'm going to get two small children home in what looks like a typhoon outside. Yeah, Godspeed, so, keep safe. Yeah, yeah, and wheels, wheels. Yes. The rainy day? Yeah. I will send it to you. Okay. <laughs> I will track down Doraemon and find out which of his future gadgets will send this weather straight at you. So you will have your rainy day. All right, all right. You will be afraid to walk outside. Because <laughs> that, is, that is currently my day right now. So I'm In thankful honor that of it's not raining when I walk back to work this yeah. afternoon. But seriously, dude. All right. Yes, Look to this channel it. for future streaming of Skies of Arcadia. In the near future. Uh, <sighs> uh, thank you, my good friend. You're welcome. <laughs> you weren't the one I was thanking. No. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome anyway. <laughs> what can yeah. I say? Otherwise, You're welcome. Oh, God. DMCA. Oh, Disney will destroy us. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, you know